Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most American podcast network. Hey, what's Pac-Man, everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today we are acting out the script for the 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo. Not the final script, but the first draft by James Gunn, which is available on the internet, even though it's a little hard to find. We had a wild time recording this, and I really hope you all enjoy this episode of the podcast, because who knows if I'll ever do anything like this again. But it was really fun. A big thank you to all of my actors who helped out with this episode. Jackson Bailey, Joel Dusher, Zoe Bellotta, Cass Page, Joel Zamet, Reed Ashley, Andy and Shrank, as well as myself who did all the stage directions. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at StopTweetingMia. Thank you for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchand. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm here if you need to talk. Na, 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 na. What's this Cool. Okay, so we are jumping into it. Today we are going to be reading the first draft script from James Gunn's 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo film. Uh, how about everybody introduces themselves on mic, starting with the Americans on my side. I am Mia, the host of the show. If you're listening to this, you know who I am. Hi, I'm Reed Ashley. Great. Who are you going to be playing today, Reed? Who's your, oh who are you God. most excited to play today? Fat kid. Fat and kid. also <laughs> Skeleton Creep. Great. And Don't Brian. forget Brian. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and we also have on my side, Ian. Hi, my name is Ian. If you listen to the show, you might know me or you haven't paid attention, which is fine. Uh, I'm going to be Raymundo, the Spanish wrestler, and I've never been more excited. I think maybe Zarkoz might be the Spanish wrestler. Well, then I'm excited for Zarkoz. Great. <laughs> Great. Skyping into us uh, from Australia is the folks over at Sans Pants Radio. Who are you guys going to be playing today? And introduce yourselves. I'm a terrible host. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm Joel Zammett, and I'm going to be playing Fred, Fred Soul, and, and someone's uncle named Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> that that right? I, I, I nailed it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, legendary his, character, I was Garrett. paying attention. So well known. Yes. Uh and to my right? I am Cass Page. I am going to be playing Velma and Velma's soul. I'm Zoe B, and I'm going to be playing Daphne and Daphne's soul and Isabel. Uh, I'm Jackson, and I'm just going to be playing Shaggy and also Don Knotts. <laughs> and also, <laughs> and also Shaggy's soul, I no. guess. Oh, and also a reporter. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I am Joel Dusha, and I am playing famously Scooby-Doo, Scooby's soul, the Demon Rex, and also a reporter, and me and Jackson need to decide who is reporter and who is 
interviewer or something. Correspondent. Correspondent. I'll be correspondent. Yeah. Important not to get that mixed up with interviewer and correspondent. Very different things. <laughs> For sure. So this is going to be bad and interesting. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, today we're going to be reading, like I said earlier, the 2002 first draft of the James Gunn Scooby-Doo. I'll be doing all of the stage directions so that I get to speak the most because it's my show. So fuck everybody else. <laughs> it's my sleepover. I pick which movie yeah. we watch. Yeah, I don't want pizza. I want fish sticks. Who here has has seen the live action Scooby Doo film in living memory? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, this <laughs> film. Yes. Um, I am getting a tattoo of the Damon writers with my brother. Um, I, I, we what? do what? I told you about this. Oh no, yeah, you did. <laughs> That's incredible. I, my brother and I are gonna get matching tattoos of the Damon writers. Um, I watched this movie a lot as a kid. We recently we do a thing. Uh, like within Sans Pants called Tell, tell Me the, the story, story Of, where we tell the story of a film. I chose Scooby-Doo, and apparently if you listen back to the episode I did, I make sure to include uh, all the deleted scenes. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, Velma singing on the table after she got drunk at the bar? Incredible scene. Yes! Oh, I think they cut it because they were worried that it was like a bad message because they yeah, wanted too to sexy. make it for kids. And it's like that that whole scene with Velma and the like in the locker rooms as well, they cut. She's the best. I'm I'm really excited to do this because I want to see what they kept. Yeah. Oh, none absolutely. of none of that is in this version of the script, by the way. This is a really early version. Like a lot of the plot details are similar, but a lot of it, it's very different. It'll be fun. fun There's to no cameo from Sugar Ray, which I am honestly shocked by. So yeah. I wonder what else could be in this because that's oh, all man. I that's remember of the movie. It's My Chemical Romance in this version. Oh well, let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Um, I, I saw the movie, loved the movie, went to Warner Brothers Movie World, which is a theme park here in Australia, and uh, they had the Scooby-Doo haunted monster ride or whatever, and I was too scared to go on it and made an embarrassment of myself. Wow. <laughs> I was afraid of it. It went backwards. That's scary. I have no memory of this movie, and I <laughs> do not know if I've seen it. I want to say maybe. I feel like you were born at 32. <laughs> <laughs> have also seen the film. Yeah. And as a child, for some reason, I preferred the sequel. Me too. And the reason I like the sequel more is because there is a very funny scene that just like wrecked my life through comedy yeah. in the second one where Shaggy and Scooby are running away from a fairy floss ghost and then they realize that they can just eat it and the hallelujah <laughs> thing plays when they have that realization and Classic. it made me laugh so much. <laughs> There's a scene in the second one where a reporter refers to him as Scoobert Do, and that is just the funniest joke I've ever heard and probably ever will. Yeah. That's great. I really love in the second one the the potions scene where they basically do Gremlins 2 for five minutes. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty good. That's right. Man, maybe the second one's the best. <laughs> <laughs> this is important to note about the second one before we jump into this script. The second one, the post credit scene or the mo- mid credit scene is Scooby-Doo playing the Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed Game Boy Advance game and then like showing it to the audience and being like, here's a secret code. That's my Scooby impression. And wow. he, like, gives, he like, gives you a cheat code for the game to win better. <laughs> um, great, great. This is going to be so great. So let's jump into this. I'm just going to start on the first page. Scooby-Doo by Craig Tightly, based on characters created by Hanna-Barbera. Previous revision by Jay Kogan. New draft by James Gunn. Fade in. Exterior, spooky island, night. A full moon pokes a white hole in the black sky. 
Off screen, we hear festive rock and roll and the whoops and hollers of joyful revelers. We pan down to Spooky Island, a tropical island theme park. This cheesy tourist trap is hardly a Disneyland or a Magic Mountain, nor even, sad to say, a Legoland. Like Rome, it was not built in a day. Unlike Rome, it very well could have been. We pass a colorful fiberglass haunted castle that sits atop a small mountain. We pass palm trees and huge paper mache heads impaled on stakes. We approach a lit sign that reads, Welcome to Spooky Island, where fear is your only friend. And there's some letters missing out of that. We move past the sign and out over a crowd of college students, dancing, partying, pouring beer on themselves and each other. Men in skeleton costumes pounce out of the shadows, frightening nary a soul. We move to a film crew following a preppy, pretty reporter. The reporter walks through the young people. We move with her. She speaks loudly to be heard over the revelry. Students the world over are training in sandy beaches of Florida for a completely different spring break experience here on Spooky Island. The reporter arrives at a large-breasted lass in a bikini. What's your name? Barbara. Has your experience on Spooky Island been, well, spooky? Last night, I threw up five times. That was kind of whacked. We move on past cardboard gravestones wobbling in the wind, past island natives, that is to say, employees with various ethnicities wearing grass skirts and war paint, holding a limbo stick for students, past a hunchback boinking, giggling visitors with a plush hammer. We arrive at a rocky mountainside where a young, sullen-looking woman, Isabel Rogers, sits on the stoop of a fake gallows. Isabel is a goth. She wears all black. Her hair is dyed black and gelled into tall spikes. Her eyes are circled by thick, dark rings of makeup. Two fat, sweaty students slam their hairy bellies together in front of her. This place sucks. Isabel's friend Mandy stands beside her, peering through a tiny window in the door that reads staff only. The door leads into the mountainside. Mandy is a pretty, fresh-faced blonde with a pierced nose. No diz out. I can't see nothing. Mandy tries the doorknob. It's not locked. Whoa. Hey, Isabel. Why would you want to go in there? Mandy enters the staff doorway. Better than frat central out here. Isabel looks around nervously. She slips in behind Mandy. Interior, catagome corridor. Mandy and Isabel peer down a long stretch in a dark, cavernous hallway. We hear water dripping. Weird. They should let us come in here. Sway scarier than those Silence of the Lambs bumper boats. Isabel and Mandy creep down the hall. They discover an adjoining hallway to their right. Planks of wood cover the rocky walls. Mandy heads down it. Mandy, let's go back, okay? Interior, wooden hall. Isabel follows Mandy down the hall. After a moment, Isabel looks behind her. A pair of fiery red eyes are staring at them. Mandy! Mandy turns around. She sees the eyes. Ha! It's another one of those animatronic demon thingamawats. Mandy struts down the hall. They want us to come in here. It's all set up to be part of the park. Mandy gets closer and sees what's actually standing there. Her expression drops. Run! Mandy twirls around. She starts to dash, but something in the dark grabs her. She falls to her belly. She screams. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Isabel sees her yanked back, disappearing into the darkness. The screaming stops. Ah. Uh. Isabel takes off down the hall. The eyes follow her. The hallway ends in a T. Isabel darts left. Large wooden doors line the hall on both sides. She spots red eyes approaching in front of her as well as from behind. She tries one door. Locked. She tries another. It swings open. She throws herself inside. Interior. Catacomb. Front office. Isabel slams the door behind her. She clamps a wooden slab in place, locking it. She turns. The enormous creature slams on the door. A phone sits on a desk. She picks it up, dials, sobs. Off screen, the phone rings. An answering machine picks up. You have reached the Rogers residence. Please leave a message at the beep. Beep. No, not that one. Ha <laughs> ha. This one. Daddy. 
Please pick up. Some kind of demon is chasing me. It's got Mandy, Daddy, please. The door shatters behind her. Isabel screams. She drops the phone and runs through another door. Isabel slams shut another door behind her, deadbolts it. She turns and sees the walls of the room are plastered with newspaper clippings, magazine articles, and photographs. Isabel stares at the articles, confused. It's all about Scooby-Doo and Mystery Inc. Who gives a fuck? Isabel stares at the articles, confused, and whispers. Scooby-Doo? The door crashes down. Isabel screams in horror. The Scooby-Doo theme song <laughs> begins. <laughs> part of the song. <laughs> Jackson fucked fun. it. <laughs> Start credit sequence, montage. The credit sequence is a montage of historical records, pans of magazine and newspaper articles, old TV footage and interviews documenting the rise and fall of Mystery Inc. The following are some of the snippets for inclusion. TV footage, interior, studio. A host stands on a colorful Peter Maxish studio set for a cheesy variety show. Now, as promised, the four young detectives who defeated the Black Knight ghost. The audience applauds wildly. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Fred Jones. Superimpose on a colorful, groovy font. Fred! Fred Jones jogs down a set of stairs. He's a handsome teen with a healthy blonde mane. He wears a white sweater and a red ascot. He gives a thumbs up. Daphne Baker. Superimpose Daphne Blake. Daphne Baker, Daphne Blake, whatever. I think it's Blake. Daphne Blake. (laughs) Stupid TV host. A gorgeous redhead trots down the other side. She waves. She wears an eggplant and pink outfit and a lime scarf. Shaggy Rogers. Superimposed. Shaggy Rogers runs down another set of stairs. He's a skinny teenage dude with a scruffy goatee and a messy mop of hair. He wears a green t-shirt and green boot-cut corduroys. He holds his arms up in triumph. Velma Dinkley. Superimposed, Velma Dinkley, a stocky tomboy, walks out modestly. She wears thick spectacles that distort her eyes and an orange cowl neck sweater. She smiles politely and nods. And Scooby-Doo. Superimposed, Scooby-Doo, here comes Scooby leaping like a fucking idiot into the stage. He's the familiar tongue-wagging canine we know and love, brown with black spots, gargantuan, goofy, and gangly. He slides towards us happily until he realizes he's sliding toward the edge of the stage. He panics, trying to stop himself, but is unable. He falls into the front row. Scooby's head pops up amongst the crowd. He chuckles his trademark laugh. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Insert magazine article. The headline reads, Mystery Inc. stops headless horseman's wave of mayhem with fire hose. It features a grainy photo of the gang spraying a fire hose at the headless horseman on his white mare. TV footage, interior Tonight Show set. The gang sits on the couch beside Jay Leno. Tell me, how'd you know this headless horse guy wasn't real? I noticed the upper half of his body was too large for his frame. No one's built like that. There was room for a whole head up there. Ha, perceptive. Fred's so like all a genius. The audience applauds. Scooby bows. Velma looks upset. Interview Velma. Velma, just like the rest of the gang in these present day's interviews, is a few years older in her early 20s. I was the one who noticed the headless horseman's body was too big. And I sat there thinking, now Jay Leno will believe it was Fred forever. Grainy TV footage, exterior Chicago sidewalk. The gang is mobbed by teenage fans seeking autographs. Insert teen beat cover. Dreamy photo of an airbrush Fred. Insert 17 cover. This one's Daphne. PC gaming cover, that's Velma. Cream cover, that's Shaggy. 
They like treated me like their personal slave. Finally, I said, hey, I'm a detective. I said, if you're a detective, then name one thing you've detected. So I said, okay, I detect that the only thing you're good for is getting captured and tied up by bad guys. How's that? I couldn't believe he said that to me. Insert variety cover. Headline, famous dog inks six-figure deal to hawk Scooby snacks with a black and white headshot of Scooby-Doo. I know Scooby's a dog and everything, but even considering all that, he's a moron. Commercial outtakes. A close-up of Scooby-Doo. He grins and holds up a bag of Scooby snacks. TM. Ren, I'm Rungry. I read Ruby Rocks. Cut. Mr. Do, you must enunciate. <clears throat> Ruby Rats, ra, r- runny, ren, r- uh. Cut. I couldn't understand a bloody word he just said. Ren, I'm Rungry. Ruby. Cut. Insert U.S. magazine cover. Heading, Mystery Inc. debunked. Teen Sherlock's call it quits after three troubled years, featuring a photo of the gang in happier days. There comes a time to separate the wheat from the chaff. The four of them are wheat, and I'm the chaff. Of, of the other way around. Whichever is the good one, that's the one I am. So I finally quit. I said, I'm out of here. Rud Ryan, Rud Riddance. To paraphrase Johnny Mathis, I said, take this job and shove it. I mean, I like, didn't say it right then, but I thought of it later. And boy, I wished I had. End credit sequence. Exterior, Shaggy's house, night. Rain falls on his ramshackle gray suburban home. The lawn is overgrown. The roof is caving in. The gutter hangs. Duct tape keeps a cracked window in place. Off screen, a phone rings. Interior, Shaggy's kitchen. A rotary phone sits on a counter crowded with dirty pots and pans. Drops of rain plink against a window behind it. The phone rings again. A dog's front paw picks up the receiver. Scooby-Doo brings the phone to his ear. He yawns, sleepy-eyed. He's just woken up. The rain on the window projects curling shadows onto the fur on his face. Rever? Scooby? Yeah, yeah, Ruby speaking. This is Shaggy's great uncle Garrett. It's my daughter, Isabel. I got a call from her on Spooky Island. Rookie? She claimed she was being chased by some sort of demon. Raymond's? <laughs> Scooby slams down the receiver, hanging up on Garrett. He stares at it fearfully. The phone rings again. Scooby picks it up, attempting a Spanish accent. Hola! Scooby, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I, I know this is you. El Robotio. Rame O'Rell, Ruby, do here. Scooby hangs up the phone again. He paces back and forth, dog whines, bites his nails. It rings again. Scooby picks it up as if it were a dead pet. He holds the receiver a few inches from his ear. Put my nephew on the phone. Scooby looks up to see a dark shade stumbling through the kitchen. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Shaggy Rogers stumbles into the bedroom doorway. He's in his green t-shirt and tidy whities He scratches his butt. He squints to shut out the light. Who is it? Scooby quickly hangs up the phone, hoping Shaggy won't notice. Robody. Come on, man. Like, I just watched you on the phone. Scooby shakes his head, denying it. He's a total liar. Thunder cracks. <laughs> the phone rings. Shaggy reaches for the phone. Scooby jumps to block him. Exterior. Coolsville University campus. Daytime. The Coolsville campus is nearly abandoned for spring break. A couple kids play frisbee with a golden retriever. Interior. Garrett Rogers' office. Professor Garrett Rogers weeps. He's a stout man with glasses too small for his bald skull. He sits in an ergonomic chair. A framed photo of Shaggy and Isabel smiling with their arms slung around each other's shoulders is propped over his desk. Advanced degrees cover his walls. A nervous Scooby and Shaggy are seated with him. A tape recorder plays on his desk. It's some kind of demon is chasing me. It got Mandy, please, Daddy. We hear the door shatter. Isabel screams. The phone drops. The line goes dead. Garrett hits the stop button. 
the police won't do anything. They said it's a haunted theme park. It's normal for people to get panicked calls. When's Isabel supposed to get back? At the end of spring break, a week from tomorrow. Maybe we should, like, wait till... No, something strange is going on. These spooky island reps won't let me speak to my own daughter. Garrett pushes forward two open Coolsville U yearbooks on his desk. What's this? I've done some research. These three students all went to the island last year. Three students' photos are circled in pencil. Angel Fawn is a mohawked punk rocker. Andrew Cozine is a black rapper with a wraparound sunglasses and shapes shaved in his hair. Floyd Pepper is the deadhead wearing a tie-dye t-shirt. These yearbooks belong to the library. You could get in trouble for drawing on them. Garrett shows them two new yearbooks next to the old ones. The same student's pictures are circled. Angel's hair is now blonde and permed. Andrew sports glasses and a bow tie. Floyd is a crew-cut jock. They're all smiling, happy, and conservative. These are their pictures from this year since they've returned. Zoinks. In addition to their appearance, their GPAs have risen dramatically. They were formerly disciplinary problems, but mm, no longer. Angel, she edits the school paper. Floyd's become the quarterback for the Coolsville Flower Powers. What do you think it could be? Uh, it's probably a magic potion. Garrett grips tightly to Shaggy's forearm, breaking down. Fluids drip from his nose. Magic potion! Dear Lord, Shaggy! You have to go to Spooky Island! You have to find Isabel! You have to solve this mystery! Uncle Garrett, stuff from your nose is touching my arm! Shaggy yanks his arm away. I don't know how to do a mystery! You were a profession detective for four years! Yeah, but I wasn't... You know, like paying attention. Garrett places some cash on the table. My savings. Do whatever you need to find my baby princess. And I have something here for you, Scooby. If he'll go with you. Roar away! Garrett pulls a bag of Scooby snacks, TM, out of a vase. Ruby racks! Scooby rolls over on the carpet like a nincompoop, like a fucking idiot. He knocks over an end table and a lamp. Garrett looks at Shaggy. He's doing tricks. That's rolling over. Scooby unsheaths the display sword from the wall over the desk. He pretends to repeatedly stab himself by jabbing the sword into his armpit. He falls onto his back. Playing dead? Scooby, the whole, whole bag is yours. If, if you go to the spooky island, find my daughter. Scooby stands. Okay, I'll reel the remans! <laughs> Scooby slashes the sword, growling ferociously. Uncle Garrett, Fred and Valma figured out everything. I was just like the guy that carried their bags. Then get your friends to come along. But we haven't spoken in two years. Please, you love Isabel as much as I do. Shaggy stares compassionately at his uncle. It's obvious he does love his cousin. Just then, Scooby, pretending to be a swashbuckler, accidentally slices Shaggy's shoulder with his sword. Ow! Why are you playing with a sword? Scooby points at Garrett. Redid it. No, he didn't. I was looking at him. Interior, hotel lobby. Later. Welcome to the 28th annual Coolsville Science Fiction Convention. Awkward fanboys, middle-aged men dressed as superheroes and B-list movie scarlets in skimpy femalian costumes cross in front of the placard outside an auditorium. The placard reads, Coolsville Astrocon presents former mystery basher Fred Jones discussing his new book, ESP Shmiesp. ESP Shmiesp. I did it. Interior <laughs> Hotel Auditorium Fred Jones at a podium He holds a remote control Only ten or so bored fans sit in the large auditorium And then there was the time Of course When I solved the mystery of Fred presses the remote Flashing a slide of a phony seaweed monster The seaweed covered ghost Exposing him 
as Fred clicks to a slide of the seaweed covered ghost, unmasked. A man in a mask. The Aztec ghost was quite a challenge until I discovered that he was a man in an Aztec ghost mask. But I guess you'd say I'm most remembered for revealing to the world that the abominable snowman ghost was actually a man inside a mask. A fanboy raises his hand. Do you think there's such a real thing as a real ghost? My new book, ESP Shmi ESP, addresses that issue, my friend. After years of investigating supernatural claims, I have arrived at one utter and unassailable conclusion. There are no such entities as ghosts, ghouls, goblins, or monsters. At the end of every paranormal claim, there are only fools seeking fame, paranoid imaginations, or charlatans looking to make a buck. There is absolutely, absolutely no such thing as magic in the world. Any other questions? A maladjusted fat kid raises his hand. Yeah, uh, why do you suck? The other kids in the auditorium crack up. Fred smiles, blushes, attempts to be a good sport when he spots Shaggy and Scooby in the rear of the auditorium. Scooby waves excitedly. Shagster? Fred's hotel room, later. Fred sits with Shaggy and Scooby. The yearbooks and a tape recorder are in front of him. Well, it's obvious some sort of man in a mask apprehended your cousin. The important question is, what kind of mask? So you go with us? Can't check my book tour tomorrow. I'm off to Evanston. I, uh... So what about these pictures? Oh, it's either coincidence or they all got jobs at Disneyland. Or a magic potion. Shaggy, there is no such thing as supernatural phenomena. Like you're leaving out like the proven entities, right? Such as? Like leprechauns. Rocking relatives! Yeah, walking skeletons. Rankenberries! Right, fr- uh, no, Scoop, Frankenberry's a guy in a cereal box. <laughs> right, he's, he's not a real guy, is he? Fred is struck by an idea. It could be a hypno wheel. Those red and white twirly things that make you act like a chicken. Amnesty International has declared hypno wheels a violation of basic human rights ever since Pol Pot employed one during the Khmer Rouge. Think of it, Fred. That'll be the kind of thing that could get a guy like Global Press, right? Out of rinky dink fan conventions and back on Leno? Interior, a psychologist's office. A group sits in a circle of chairs. The psychologist reads from a list on her clipboard. Velma Dinkley, why don't you tell us why you enrolled in group therapy? My fellow students in the PhD mathematics program told me I was... Bitter? I was in a group for a long time where I didn't get the credit I deserved. No one noticed me and... What was the group? Mystery Incorporated. (gasps) The guys with the big dog. Right, and Fred Jones. Velma nods, uncomfortable, half attempting a smile. Yeah, they had that chick Daphne. Oh my god, she was hot. She was so hot. Which one were you? Velma. She just said my name a second ago. Mm, I don't remember a Thelma. Exterior, psychologist parking lot, later. Velma exits the office with the other patient. She doesn't socialize. She heads to her Dodge. Product placement in a script? She hears a car honk (laughs) and turns. The colorful mystery machine van is there. It's rusted, beaten, and faded. Fred, Shaggy, and Scooby wait in it. Jinkies! Interior, mystery machine, later. Velma sits in the park van with Shaggy and Fred. Where'd you find the mystery machine? I tracked it down on eBay a couple years back. I charged fans 15 bucks for a ride around the block. An angry Scooby is tightly crossing his arms in the back seat. What's wrong with him? Uh, He's still miffed you called him a moron when we were breaking up. Well, Scoob, you have to admit, relatively speaking, measured against a human, 
You are a moron. Scooby, offended, snatches a notebook off the back seat. He furiously writes something on it. This'll be a real doozy of a news story if all five of us go. On one condition. When we announce the hypno wheel to the press, I take the TV interviews. Scooby shows the notebook to Velma to prove he's not a moron. It reads 12 plus 7 equals 12. That's not right. Scooby fiddles with the equation. Fred looks at Shaggy. But it's tradition that I do that. Fine. Forget it. Breaking tradition. That's like hanging turds on a Christmas tree. I read that once. Yeah, don't remind me, Scoob. Velma sits, saying nothing, staring forward. Well, heck. All right. Fred ruffles Velma's hair like a little kid. She angrily slaps his hand away. Exterior, Japanese garden, later. Scooby, Shaggy, Velma, and Fred cross the garden toward a dojo. Scooby is still writing the notebook. A sign reads, Tai Chi Academy. Okay, when we get in there, just follow my lead. Daphne's not going to want to go because of Fred. Why? She digs me. Scooby holds up the notebook again. 12 plus 7 equals 125. No. Fucking idiot. Velma <laughs> opens the door. You a marshal stupid says, moron, Scooby. I'm dumb, dumb. <laughs> dog. They do that joke like shit. 50 times, so, so t- sit tight for that one. <laughs> a martial arts match is occurring. Interior, dojo. Daphne in a dashing eggplant karate rope with a lime belt is taking on numerous students at once. An instructor watches. She karate chops an attacking Asian student in the neck. Two students hurl themselves towards her. She somersaults over them. She downs one with a swipe to the spine, another with a heel to the kidney. Daphne stands frozen, crouched, her fist out in front of her in flying lotus stance. The students lie in mangled pain around her. Excellent, Daphne-san. You are learning to harness your chi. They hear clapping. Daphne turns to see the gang. What are you doing here? Especially you. Hey, don't be sharp just because Freddy gave you the heave-ho. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Rira Shrinky. I was stinky? Clingy. He said you were clingy. I broke up with you, Freddy. Mystery Inc. is reforming. My answer is no way. I understand. Let's go, guys. Everyone following Velma's lead starts to leave. What? Where are you? What do you mean you understand? Well, it's easy for us. But for you, always getting captured and tied up, always having to be saved by someone else, I can see where being the damsel in distress is humiliating. I'm not like that anymore. I've slowly kind of turned my body into some sort of dangerous weapon. Velma smiles patronizingly. She and the others exit. Daphne stands, agonized, torn. She beats her hands across her forehead in that bending style. Damn it, wait! Exterior, Coolsville Airport, establishing, day. A plane takes off overhead. Interior, Coolsville Airport bathroom. Daphne stands with Velma. Those guys are going to look like total, total idiots when they're captured and I'm the one saving them. Scooby, hold still. She's putting lipstick on a distracted Scooby-Doo. He wears a gray wig, floppy bonnet, and a pair of teardrop jewel-studded glasses. Daphne holds an old lady's driver's license up beside his face. What do you think? Does he look like my grandma? Velma stares without expression at Daphne. Interior, Coolsville Airport. Fred wheels his luggage to a list of TWA departure times. The board list flights to LA, St. Louis, New York, as well as one to the Spooky Island, leaving at 4.10. Shaggy expertly plays with a 50-cent crane machine. The grabber grips a stuffed dragon. Shaggy guides into the slot. Hoots triumphantly, spots Fred. Fred, check out all these things I won. (laughs) Fred eyes a pile of stuffed creatures beside Shaggy. Cool, wear a Katie Lang and Malibu Barbie. Disguising Scooby, like, because if he has to ride in a kennel, he gets all claustrophobic. Fred, horrified, sees something down the hall behind Shaggy. 
Oh my god. Scooby is having a heck of a time staying upright in high heels. Daphne helps him walk. His body wavers and jerks. A young boy and his mommy pass Scooby. The boy points. Mommy, what's wrong with that lady? Mommy smiles at Scooby. She speaks out the side of her mouth while shoving her son's pointing finger down. Be nice, Larry. She has a disease. Daphne whispers to Scooby. Good boy, just keep your balance. They arrive at Shaggy and Fred. A pleased Scooby freakishly grins and gives them the thumbs up. Ruby rookin' good? Velma won't look directly at him. Make him cut that out. It's creepy. Fred theatrically throws his palm downward in the middle of the gang. The others stare at him. Before we get on this plane, let's do that thing where we put our hands on top of each other's, then lift them up and go woohoo. Okay. Scooby puts his paw on Fred's hand. Woohoo! Wait, wait, wait for everybody, Scoob. Rory. Fred stares at the others, pumped up, grinning widely. I'm not going to do it unless Velma and Shaggy do it. People are watching. Velma shakes her head a little and grimaces. The three of them walk away. Fred and Scooby stand alone, their fake smiles fading, their hands on top of each other. Woohoo! Interior, airport gate, moments later. An airport clerk collects tickets at the gate. The passengers file by. Please have ID ready with your ticket. Daphne shows the clerk her driver's license. The clerk nods, rips her ticket, and Daphne passes through. Shaggy, peering nervously back, gives him his ticket and his ID. The clerk rips his ticket, and Shaggy passes through. Scooby hands the clerk his ticket and ID. The clerk looks at the photo of Daphne's grandmother, Scooby, pretending to have no teeth, does melodramatic senior citizen voice. I'm a riddle road lady. <laughs> the clerk stares at him. Velma, behind Scooby, explains. Since that photo, my grandmother's contracted acromelagy, the elephant man disease. The clerk nods sympathetically. He rips the ticket. God bless you, ma'am. So don't delay. Act now. Supplies are running out. Allow if you're still alive. Six to eight years to arrive. And if you follow them, they be out tomorrow. But if the office shine, you might as well be walking on the sun. Airplane. Evening. The plane soars over the sunset in wispy clouds. College students abound, many of the tattooed punks and goth rockers and hippies. Scooby, Shaggy, and Fred sit across the aisle from an upper-crust co-ed. Scooby notices a cat and a Sherpa bag in the space at the feet of the co-ed. The cat hisses at him. Scooby, still dressed as the old lady, growls. The co-ed gives Scooby an uneasy look. Scooby, cut it out. Scooby stops. Rory. Fred has hypno-wheel notes and diagrams on a tray in front of him. But he ignores them for a moment, staring longingly at Daphne, who sits a couple rows down. You still have, like, a thing for her, don't you? Fred looks at him. That's ludicrous. Then what's this? Shaggy points to some doodles next to Fred's notes. Hearts that read Fred plus Daphne forever and the like, and poorly drawn pictures of Daphne. Fred scrambles and shuts it. Don't be touching my private things. The cat hisses at Scooby again. Scooby loses it, barking at the cat. Everyone looks at the barking old lady. Woof, 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 woof! <laughs> Shaggy, it's a simple behavior modification. To cause a dog to discontinue any action, you flick him on the nose. Observe. Scoob? Woof, 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 woof. When you bark, this is what happens. Fred flicks Scooby on the nose. Scooby stares a moment. Then he punches Fred eight times in the face. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's directly from the movie. That is But it, it's not eight times in the movie. <laughs> no. yeah, they they whittled it down with every yeah. draft. They, they didn't have the budget in the animation. <laughs> <laughs> Exterior, Spooky Island Airport, night. The gang and the students descend a stairwell from the plane. Scooby tears away his disguise and gazes out at a cobblestone walkway that leads from the plane onto this eighth-rate Disneyland. Natives line the walkway. They then skull keychains, t-shirts, and plastic lays formed to resemble intestines. 
loudspeakers emit scary music. Okay, gang, let's spread that photo of Isabel around and see if anyone knows her. Then we'll see if we can locate the hypno wheel. The gang fans out at the bottom of the stairs. They each have a photograph of Isabel, which they show to the natives. Daphne stands with an employee. She came in last week. Isabel Rogers, have you seen her? Boy, I'd like to help, but I haven't. Sorry. Shaggy shows a picture to Ngutana, a large, friendly albino wearing a slick suit. No, I do not recognize her. Is this your dog? And Goo looks over at, at Scooby-Doo. Shaggy nods. It is unarguably the most beautiful animal I have once held eyes on. May I pet your dog? Shaggy shrugs. The natives gather around Scooby, ooing and aahing as they pet him. Scooby digs the attention, but is a bit ticklish. And Goo looks at Shaggy. I am Nagutana, the proprietor of the island's hotel. You come along in my cart. I'll drive the werewolf. A line of golf carts wait at the end of the walkway. Each cart is adorned with a different monster theme. The mummy, Dracula, King Kong, a smurf, etc. Monster theme equals a paper mache monster head on top of the cart. Exterior, walk of horrors, moments later. Ngu drives the werewolf cart down the cobblestone pathway. Gaudy animatronic statues loom on either side of the lane. The statues are weathered with parts chipped away, famous monsters, cheesy ghosts in sheets, and skeletons missing bones. They chomp and grab passerby. The gang is crowded together in the cart. Fred and Velma sit in the front seat with Ngu. The rest are in the back. You come here to face the demons? Yes. And afterwards, we're going to Pirates of the Caribbean to stop the horrible mutilation going on there. (laughs) Ha ha. One who is doubting. We've come here to disprove your demons. I'm an author. Fred Jones. Hmm. Rings no bells. Perhaps you know one of my books. The Bermuda Triangle, What Crap, or Bigfoot Bullshit. Ingu shakes his head. I'm very famous in the U.S., Scooby in the back seat buries his face in Shaggy's chest. It's okay, Scoob. They're only machines. Scooby peers up and sees an animatronic Frankenberry, Frankenberry, <laughs> an animatronic Frankenberry chomping on the bloody arm of a dead little girl. Scooby screams at the top of his lungs. <laughs> Could you try that again, but a little longer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really need to commit. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Oh my god, isn't that the cast of Friends? It is indeed an animatronic cast of Friends eating a dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did they keep Why that? Why did they cut no. that? <laughs> the golf carts pull up around a stone altar and a circular stone platform. Weeds poke through the platform's cracked surface. In the center of the platform is a large stone bowl covered with carvings of demons. The gang gathers around a moped rental stand beside the platform. Mondavarius approaches a podium and a microphone on the altar. He is a genuinely spooky bald man with a goatee in the shape of an arrow. He wears mystical flowing purple robes and he has a large key hanging from his belt. Zarcos stands by Mondavarius's side. Zarcos is a huge Mexican ex-wrestler, bare-chested but for cross suspenders. A mask covers the upper half of his face. Mondavarius, stilted and detached, reads a speech. Welcome to Spooky Island. My name is Mondavarius. Locked away in my castle of horrors, I have dedicated my life to the study of demonology and have found demons to be very frightening. <laughs> I would like to introduce my bodyguard. His name is Zarkos. You may recognize him from Telemondo's, the famous mask wrestler, Zarkos. Good luck, and I hope you'll stay here is a horrifying one. Mondavarius starts to leave, then stops and stares out at the crowd. He says this one last thing with feeling. Oh, 
and be sure to return to your lodgings by midnight. Demons prowl the forest after midnight in search of fresh, young souls. Mondavarius grins. Scooby jumps into Shaggy's arm, shivering. Remans? Natives stand in filed lines on the circular platform. Flames shoot up from the bowl in the center of the platform. Drummers drum behind the platform. The natives do a synchronized dance. They chant a strange, unearthly song. Do you guys remember the tune from the movie? No. Oh, I'm yes. sure Cassie yeah, sure you know. An enormous, diaphanous demon goddess appears in the flame. She has an evil hawk's head and the body of a voluptuous woman. She wails a siren song. The college students step back in awe. Scooby and Shaggy scream. <laughs> This time, Shaggy jumps in Scooby's arms. Look, you chickens, there's a holographic camera placed there. And there. And there. It's just an optical illusion. (laughs) Holograph. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby giggle and poke each other for being frady cats. Daphne is showing the moped rental guy the pictures of Isabel. He shakes his head. She turns towards the others. No one recognizes Shaggy's cousin. We should head up to this Mondavarius fellow's castle. Seems the most likely place to hide a hypno wheel. Rassels! Yeah, we don't do castles. Why? Because castles have paintings with eyes that watch you, and a knight's armor that's a statue, but there's a guy inside who follows you every time you turn around. Come on, Shaggy, how many times has that happened? Twelve! I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> Scooby! Ruh, ruh. The castle will have food. Rude! You think it has food? Because I, I didn't, you know, eat any dinner. Exterior forest, moments later. Four mopeds zoom uphill, ramping up into the air. Scooby and Shaggy share a moped. Scooby drives, exhilarated. Shaggy holds on for dear life. Slow down, Scooby! I think a little pee just came out of me. Exterior, Mondavarius Castle. Moments later, Velma, Daphne, and Fred screech sideways to a stop, all in a clear line in front of the Disney-esque castle. Scooby tries to do the exact same thing, but his moped runs into the rest, and they all fall down like dominoes. The gang stands on the castle porch, Velma presses a doorbell. It plays a cheesy melody. Scooby and Shaggy are frightened. Fred is excited. Hypnoweel could be our biggest coup since we teamed up with the Harlem Globetrotters and opened a can of whoop-ass on Redbeard's ghost. No one answers the door. No one's here. Let's go. Let's see if the door is unlocked. Scooby, try the door. Ryrie. Because if a demon tears your head off, we'll have a warning. <laughs> Scooby whines, holding up his limp paw. Shaggy pulls a Scooby snack from his pocket. Will you do it for a Scooby snack? Scooby brightens. He opens his mouth wide. Shaggy throws one up in the air and Scooby catches it. (laughs) Scooby gags. The snack is caught in his throat. A panicked Shaggy gives him the Heimlich maneuver. (laughs) Daphne, fed up, turns to the doorknob herself. It's open. She walks inside. Scooby coughs up the snack. It propels into a small moat. (coughs) Interior. Castle. Moments later. The others enter behind Daphne. The castle interior contrasts with the phony exterior. It's decorated in a colorful suburban way. Shag carpeting, flowered wallpaper. Zoinks. Not quite what I expected. Riv me your brother Ruby Rock. The rest are in my suitcase. Scooby makes a face as if Shaggy killed his mother. It's <laughs> 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 so intense. <laughs> Let's split up and look for clues. Daphne? I don't think so, Fred. I know where your mind goes when we get trapped in the mummy's tomb. Why? Why are you all huffy? What did I ever do to you? You cheated on me, Freddy, <laughs> with every fan you could catch your hands on. You are like a lion with impalas looking for the one that were wounded. Or too young to know any better? Oh, <laughs> shit. Or too young to know any better. 
Uh. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Fred sucks. Yeah, yeah that's no Cancel good. Fred Jones. Fred is cancelled. <laughs> Typical. Just like it always was. I was always picked last for the teams. Teams? Your little clicks. You and Fred over here, Shaggy and Scooby over there. I was always the third wheel. <sighs> Fine. Velma, come with me. I want you to. I'm very excited about it. Interior, Castle Library. Daphne runs her fingers along the books on a long bookshelf. A combination of Grisham novels, self-help tomes by Fulgham, and withered volumes on occult subjects. Scooby, beside her, can see through a doorway into a kitchen. He pokes Shaggy and they move toward it. Daphne arrives at a book, Men Are From Mars, I Am From Hell, by John Gray. (laughs) She removes it. As she does, the bookshelf twirls open, leading into a tiny room. An ancient text sits on a lectern beneath a single lamp. Interior, Castle Hallway. Fred and Velma walk along a wall with framed photos of Anne Getty's babies. We can split up now. It was nice of you to pretend, but I know you'd rather just have gone with the other guys. It's because I'm ugly, isn't it? Velma, no. Heck, stucky chicks turn me on every now and again. Velma glares at him. What? That was a compliment. They pass a picture of a kid dressed up like a cabbage. Its eyes follow them, watching. Interior, Castle Library. Daphne eyes the heavily bound text. It reads in gold, Damon Ritus. She opens it up to reveal Latin text on parched, crumbling pages, hundreds of years old. Some passages are marked in yellow highlighter. Interior, castle kitchen. Shaggy and Scooby are covered in food from the refrigerator and cabinets. Shaggy swallows a sardine and burps. Scooby chuckles. (coughs) He copies Shaggy, letting out a small burp. Shaggy laughs too. He rolls back his head and burps obnoxiously loud. No. Just use the same burps. Yeah, just recut the burps. Uh, gross. Scooby yanks on his own tail, pretending this triggers a drawn out belch. Uh. Shaggy slaps the back of his head and makes a burp fall into his hands. Clutching it, he opens his hand and lets the burp out of his hand, burping again. Scooby concentrates, squinting one eye. He farts. <laughs> You asked for it. Shaggy sticks his butt to the side. He works hard at pushing out a long, uneven-sounding fart. (laughs) Daphne enters the kitchen doorway behind Shaggy, holding the Damon Ritus. Scooby slices his finger across his throat in a cut-it-out gesture. I don't think so. I'm not stopping till all your fur is singed off. Shaggy cracks up as he continues to pass an inhuman amount of gas. Scooby pointing surreptitiously behind Shaggy. Shaggy, still laughing and farting, looks behind him. Daphne stares at him. Shaggy's smile disappears. His fart stops mid-sound. I thought we were trying to save your cousin. Yeah, right. That that wasn't me. That was um the um the plumbing. Scooby cracks up. <laughs> I found this weird book. Daphne plops the Damon Ritus on the counter. Scooby and Shaggy peer at it over Daphne's shoulder. Beneath the yellow highlighted text on parched paper is an illustration of thousands of demons rushing down as humans scream in horror. Rake a rood rerut. Yeah, it would make a good t-shirt. She turns the page. Scooby and Shaggy love it. Ooh. Roll. It's a demon eating a baby's head. Yeah, but you put like, you know, you put like a band name over it. They hear a door unlocking. Interior, castle, Mondavarius and Zarkos enter hurriedly. Two went this way. The others, El Cocina. Zarkos and Mondavarius move swiftly down the hallway. They move past three large Ming vases. After they pass them, Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby stick their heads out of them. Come on! They start to get out of them. Shaggy panics. His shoulders are lodged in the vase. Scooby runs away. Daphne tries to pull Shaggy out, but is unable. Crap! Scooby, where are you going? 
Interior, castle, kitchen. Moments later, Zarkos and Mondavarius enter. Food is all over the kitchen. The Daemon Ritus is on the counter. Mondavarius runs his fingers across the binding. The highlighted pages have been torn away. He turns to Zarkos. Why didn't you stop them? I did. They just don't know it yet. Exterior, Mondavarius castle. Fred and Velma are on the mopeds as Scooby gets on his. Daphne rolls the Ming vase with Shaggy in it out the door. What are you doing? I just thought it would be fun to roll Shaggy around in a vase. Why now? She's kidding. Daphne closes her eyes. She makes a humming sound. She slowly pulls back her fist. What's she doing? I think she's going to hit me. She's summoning her chi. Daphne's fist flies forward, shattering the vase without touching Shaggy. He's revealed not to be hurt. Oh, thanks, Daph. Daphne smiles, nods, and straddles her moped. Let's all meet back at the hotel. Daphne, Fred, and Velma take off. Shaggy gets on the moped behind Scooby. Scooby, you totally abandoned me. Rory. Scooby kickstarts his engine. Beside his kickstand, a hole has been poked into the gas tank. Gas streams out. Exterior, forest, moments later. Fred, Velma, and Daphne zip by down the steep hill. Shaggy and Scooby are behind them, but their moped is puttering and slow. Finally, it stops. Exterior, Holiday Inn, establishing. Another product placement, what? A brightly lit hotel in the middle of the dark forest. Fred, Velma, and Daphne are entering. Interior, Holiday Inn, lobby. As Fred, Velma, and Daphne come through the doorway, they're almost toppled by two giggling students in their underwear, chasing and spraying shaving cream on each other. We'll reconvene here at 8 in the morning. Velma and Daphne nod. Interior, Holiday Inn, bar. Moments later. Velma sits down at the bar beside a long-haired metalhead. She looks at the bartender. A Coca-Cola, please. The bartender sets her up with a Coke and a glass. You're the one I saw talking to those Mr. Ink guys. You know them? Velma stares at him. On her other side, a mischievous student pours vodka into her Coke. She doesn't see. She takes a sip no, of No, I don't like this. What? <laughs> She's surprised by its tasty quality. She takes another. No one is mm, surprised by the tasty quality of alcohol. <laughs> Exterior, forest. Scooby and Shaggy stand beside the dead moped. We're out of rice. I guess we, like, have to walk, man. We better hope we don't have fresh young souls, Scoob. Shaggy laughs loudly. <laughs> Scooby snickers with vigor. Shaggy laughs a little quieter. Scooby laughs quieter. Shaggy stops laughing. Scooby does, too. Shaggy's mouth is a flat line. Scooby is also not amused. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Interior. Daphne's holiday in room. Daphne unpacks her suitcase, which lies open on her bed. She removes an eggplant and pink bodysuit on a hanger. There's a knock at the door. Hold on. Daphne opens the door. Hey, it's Fred. He smiles (laughs) mischievously as he leans against the doorway. Shaggy and Scooby show up? Velma's waiting for them in the bar downstairs. Ugh. (laughs) Gross. Interior, Holiday Inn, bar. A drunken Velma is held aloft by a cadre of students. She whoops as she swirls her turtleneck sweater over her head. They're probably with her by now. You find any evidence of a hypno-wheel? No, but I think Mondavarius may take demons more seriously than he lets on. You're saying you believe there's an actual demonic activity on this island? No, but... Fred starts to enter. What are you doing? We have joining rooms. I'll leave my side. Daphne puts her hand on his chest, stopping him. She's one step away from punching through his chest with her kung fu (laughs) (laughs) abilities. 
Punching him eight times in the face. It's a recurring joke in this movie. <laughs> you think we're going to share rooms? We have a long history. So do Godzilla and King Kong, but that doesn't mean they should have sex. Well, they should, honestly. <laughs> I miss you. I want nothing to do with you, Fred. We fit together like Legos. Ew. Back then, right, but, you know, I was always pretending. Pretending? That I was weak and you were strong and that you were smarter than me. So you'd like me, all right? <laughs> Remember the cheddar cheese ghost that captured me? <laughs> you were terrified. He had cheddar cheese for a head. I let him capture me so you could save me. Oh, help, help, give me a break. I'll tell you that wasn't the only thing I faked. <laughs> Slow down. But I'm the over-the-codependent damsel in distress crap, all right? I don't want you. I don't like you. That ascot, it makes you look gay. <laughs> wow, 2002. <laughs> Oh boy. 2002 says hello. That's what a slam. You're cancelled. I mean, underage co eds. Daphne, yep. Fred, both cancelled. We got it. We're getting them both. And the yep. student who spiked Velma's drink yep. cancelled. Cancelled as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm really worried about Velma. I'm just surprised like that they didn't drop the F slur, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Daphne shuts the door in his face. Exterior, Holiday Inn hallway. Fred stands in front of Daphne's closed door. He's speechless for a moment. Then. That thing on your head, the, the beret headband, maybe? Maybe that makes you look gay. Did you ever think of that? She knows because she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> gay she was faking it all along. She was faking it. Fred was her beard. <laughs> Exterior. Did she end up with Velma? That's why, that's, why she had <laughs> she to, that's why she had to tell him the ascot looked gay. I, I do just want to say he there, wasn't a very good beard. There was originally a lesbian subplot in this in this movie that's not in the script version. What? Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Wait, I don't between know between who? who. I don't oh, know. fuck. Exterior, winding path, later. Scooby-Doo and, a be- and a- Scooby-Doo and a bedraggled Shaggy wind their way up through the forest. Scooby trails a few feet behind. Eerie trees loom over them like phantoms. My bones are aching, my feet are tired, and my soul is guessing it's past midnight. <laughs> Scooby spots a frog. He playfully tries to slap his paw down on the frog. The frog leaps into the woods. Scooby bounds after it, disappearing into the trees. You know what I'm saying, Scoob? Shaggy turns towards Scooby. He's not there. Scoob? Exterior, forest, moments later. Shaggy maneuvers between trees and into the darker woods. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Bushes rustle behind Shaggy. Relieved, he moves towards the rustling. Like, what are you doing, man? You're always messing around, man, when we're supposed to- Shaggy separates the branches. Instead of Scooby, he sees- A humongous slit pair of eyes in the darkness. A striking combination of flesh, flames, and black embers. The flaming eyes spring towards Shaggy. Shaggy runs. The eyes jounce behind him, towards him. Shaggy stumbles into... Exterior, Brookside Clearing. Scooby-Doo is here, chasing the frog in circles, trying to paw it. Shaggy looks behind him. The eyes are no longer there. Raggy! A rug! (laughs) (laughs) Scooby sees the flaming eyes appear over Shaggy's head. Scooby screams at the top of his lungs. <laughs> Shaggy sees the eyes. He screams. The frog sees the eyes. The frog screams. Who's going to play the frog? <laughs> there were like three frogs. <laughs> the frog hops into the brook. Exterior, forest. Shaggy and Scooby scream like little girls as they dash away. They spot the, li- <laughs> they 
They spot the lit Holiday Inn as they make their way to the edge of the forest. Scooby yanks on the handle. It's rocked! They slam their fists on the door. Help! Open up! Help! Scooby notices a buzzer in an intercom. He presses it. Yeah? Red Russian! Raymond's a riot of real us! Sober up, Jack. The rules are no one in past midnight. Scooby, panicked, takes a running start and flails himself painfully under the front door. Shaggy sees the eyes stagger behind them. He can make out it's a gigantic shape. Yeah, we're sorry. We apologize. We've been bad, but let us in, you pinhead! It's about to tear our fresh, young souls from our bodies! Well... As long as you admit you've been bad. The buzzer buzzes. Scooby and Shaggy fling open the door. They throw themselves inside. Interior, Holiday Inn, lobby. Shaggy and Scooby slam the door shut. They lock the door. They turn and see numerous students in the lobby watching. Some are gathered on the second floor stairwell, looking down to see what the commotion is all about. The metalhead and Velma are in front. Velma is sloshed. Scooby, do you know what do it? This is another name for poop. Your name is Scooby Poop. Shaggy and Scooby push furniture in front of the front door to block it. Velma, it's a demon. It's a man in a mouth. That's a pretty good theory, except for one thing. What? They have fire instead of eyes. (laughs) Velma clutches the metalhead's shoulders, about to cry. This is my best friend. Shaggy looks around the room for things to use as weapons. We need a plan. How about, like, uh, we fashion, like, a giant crossbow out of the strings of that that grand piano. Right, and, uh, like, a halogen lamp as an arrow. The metalhead looks at him like he's an idiot. Interior, Holiday Inn lounge area. Scooby enters, panicked. Red, red, red! Hey, Scoob, buddy. Ross's race red dude resort! <laughs> that was you slamming on the door? Scooby nods. Fred stands, fed up. Man, this is the most embarrassing thing you've done since you decided to clean your crotch at Don Knotts' Christmas party. Not that I wasn't envious of your elasticity. Scooby gnashes his teeth and walks like a monster. Runster! Rig! Rented to real Ruby Roos roll! How many times do I have to say it? There are no such entities as ghosts, ghouls, goblins, or monsters. At the end of every paranormal claim, there are only fool-seeking fame, paranoid imaginations, or charlatans looking to make a buck. There is absolutely, absolutely no such thing as magic. Enormous demon, 12 feet tall, smashes through the window. His eyes are flames. His flattened head sinks into his monstrously muscular body. His horrible claws are three feet long. His body is raw, pink, varicose, and protoplasmic. It's safe to say this is no man in a mask. The demon picks Fred up in his huge claws and smashes him against the wall, knocking him unconscious. Another demon kicks in the front door, shattering it. The pieces knock Velma down, her glasses fly off. The demon, partially visible in the doorway, lets out an incredibly long, piercing shriek, a noise seemingly surging directly from the bowels of hell. Can anybody there do that? <clears throat> yeah, all right. Yeah, no. let's, <laughs> let's, let's all do our version. <laughs> College students scream, fleeing in terror. Scooby enters, galloping out of the bar. Raggy! Five screeching demons chase out of the bar after him. Shaggy looks around the room, realizing something. 
we don't have enough halogen lamps. We don't have enough halogen lamps at all. Demons smash furniture and pick up college students. Some demons breathe the green mist on the students, a kind of gas that promptly knocks the students unconscious. Others slam students against the walls, a quicker job of it. They fling the unconscious youths over their shoulders. They move on to the next victims. Velma runs her fingers over the carpet, searching for her specks. My glasses. My glasses. Velma's POV. Vague blob shapes. Then her cracked glasses are handed to her. Thank you. Thank you. Velma stands, putting on her glasses. She looks to see who gave them to her. It's a grinning demon. Jinkies. He breathes green mist all over her. Interior. Holiday Inn. Baggage area. Scooby flies into the room behind the front desk. Visitors' luggage is piled there, waiting to be brought to the proper rooms. Some demons pass through the hall behind him, unaware of him. Scooby digs through suitcases, tossing one out tossing one out of the way after the other. He arrives to an olive suitcase with flower stickers. He throws it open. It's filled with brown corduroys and green shirts. He throws aside the clothes, searching in panic. Then he finds what he's looking for. He smiles. It's the pack of Scooby snacks Garrett gave him. Shrieking demons burst through the doorway behind him. Scooby tosses a comb at them. As you might imagine, this does little good. He clutches the Scooby snack bag in his mouth. He barrels away. Interior, Holiday Inn room. Daphne eats yogurt in bed. A very loud Hong Kong action movie on TV drowns out the commotion below. She's obsessed with kung fu. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) She hears a knock at the door. Brad, didn't I tell you? She walks to the door, opens it. Shaggy looks like a maniac. The extremity of the situation has pushed him into a nervous, quiet numbness. Shaggy? He puts his finger to his lips. Demons are eating people. (laughs) Demons are what? (laughs) We'll jump out the window. (laughs) Shaggy, you're being a weirdo. Get out of my room. Shaggy pulls up the shade. He peers outside. Demons cling to the bricks, crawling up the side of the hotel. Demon windows out. Shaggy walks to the front door. He opens it and peeks outside. A demon is smashing into rooms along the hallway. Shaggy closes the door. Shaggy knows some suitcase strapped to the bed. He picks one up. What What are you doing? I'll make two nurses. We'll hang you first. <laughs> and then I'll make sure you're dead. This way, at least, they won't get our souls. Oh, my God. If you don't leave, then I will. Daphne tosses the door open and moves into the hallway. Daphne slams the door shut, locking it. She's speechless. Shaggy nods and smiles in understanding. <laughs> A demon's arm smashes through the window. The other demon kicks in the front door. Daphne backflips next to the doors that lead from room to room. She opens the first door. Daphne, no, grab a noose. Those doors are only open on one side. Daphne grabs the knob on the second door. She swings it open. It's Fred's room. Thank God Freddy's a scumbucket. A demon is about to grasp Shaggy. Shaggy dives after Daphne into Fred's room. Interior, Fred's hotel room. Shaggy locks the door behind him. The demon slams his fist into the door. It splinters. Daphne dashes through the front door. As Daphne enters the hall, she finds herself facing another huge demon. Daphne quickly closes her eyes, thrusts her fists out, and starts humming and summoning her chi. The demon pokes her in the forehead with his huge finger, knocking her out. He slings her over his shoulder. Shaggy runs into the hall. He sees Daphne over the demon's shoulder. The demon slinks down the hallway like an ape. Shaggy grabs Daphne's forearm. He yanks. She slides off the demon and into his arms. Shaggy runs down the hallway, cradling her. The demon turns, sees Shaggy with Daphne, and takes chase. Scooby appears, running into the stairwell with the Scooby Snacks, TM, in his mouth. His path converges with Shaggy. Scooby, what are you doing? Tens of demons rush up the stairwell behind Scooby. Shaggy, carrying Daphne and Scooby, run down the hallway together. The horde of screeching demons chases them. A window is at the end of the hall. Scooby leaps toward the window. Scooby-Doo's gargantuan body crashes majestically through the glass. Shaggy and Daphne fly out behind him. They plummet 20 feet. 
They land on a long awning overhanging the rear recreational area of the hotel. They slide down it, spinning, and are flung, splashing into the hotel swimming pool. The demons leap out into the open window after them, but they're too heavy to slide down the awning. They tear through the fabric and land painfully on the hard concrete. Scooby and Shaggy and a walking Daphne pull themselves out of the pool. The demons are far behind them. Moments later, Scooby and Shaggy are hidden behind a large boulder. They're peering around it. Daphne is pacing nervously. Demons in the distance head in a single file line away from the inn. Unconscious students are slung over their shoulders. The inn itself is a terrible condition with tattered windows, doors, and huge holes in the walls. They can't see us. I guess we're safe for the time being. Alrighty, so we need to figure out a way to defeat the demons, and then we have to save Fred and Velma. That's sort of like my plan, which was get the heck out of here and let the demons eat Fred and Velma. Scooby opens his bag of Scooby Snacks, TM. The bag is filled with water. He chews one and gets a sour expression. He looks at Shaggy, who is dialing his cell phone. You can't eat those. They're soaked in chlorine. This upsets Scooby. (laughs) A single tear falls down his face. What are you doing? Calling the cops. <laughs> we don't need the police. Fred and Velma always figured out everything. Now it's our turn. For the first time ever, they're the damsels in distress, not me. Daphne, you were the damsel in distress. I saved you. Daphne's lip quivers with this realization. She slumps to the ground against the boulder. Oh, crap. It's my destiny. I'm always trapped in this endless, vicious cycle of being captured and saved. I'd like to report a kidnapping. Go get some rest. We'll be here. Scooby eats his Scooby snacks with a disgusted look on his face, weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby, stop! Bow wow wow, Scooby oh and Scooby say, you know the Scooby Shaggy in the house. Bow wow wow, Scooby oh and Scooby say, you know the Scooby Shaggy in the house. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Exterior, Spooky Island, Dawn. The sun peeks over the tropical fun park, bleaching away the terror of the night before. You the ones called in the kidnapping? Exterior, Holiday Inn, Boulder. Shaggy and Daphne blink themselves awake. Hard-bitten Lieutenant Raimondo and fresh-faced Officer Fitzgibbon stand over them. Scooby is writing something on the rock. Lieutenant Emilio Raimondo, U.S. Coast Guard. This is Officer Fitzgibbons. I'm Daphne Blake. Shaggy Rogers. Scooby pokes Raimondo. He points to an equation he's written in the dust of the rock. 12 plus 7 equals 3.14159265358988. Way off. 
Ramundo readies his notebook. So what's up? Like, last night there were these demons here, and they like smashed up the hotel. Ramundo looks beyond the boulder at the Holiday Inn. It's in perfect condition. The shattered windows, smashed doors, and tattered awnings are now new and clean. Shaggy stares at it in shock. He moves toward it. Also, I will be putting in sugar right here, even though it's not in this version of the script. Yeah. Important Good, stuff. I'm glad. Good. That's what I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Looks all right now. They must have, like, come back and cleaned it up. They were, like, 18 feet tall. And they had eyes that were fire. Write that down. A wholesome couple, happy and in perfect condition, walk out of the hotel. Shaggy and Daphne stare, unnerved. Who, by name, has disappeared? Our friends, Velma, Dinkley, and Fred Jones. And every other guest here, except, I guess, those two. Another 20 students emerge from the hotel, laughing, prepared for a day of fun in the sun. All the students, once punks, burnouts, and hippies, are all now clean cut. Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby are shocked. Ngu, the albino, approaches the Coast Guard. Officers, is there a problem of some sort here? These folks claim that their friends were abducted last night. (laughs) Ngu laughs. What's so funny? That's Ramondo. They've obviously mistooken our monster show for something from their real lives. That's Ngu. Monster show? That's Ramondo. Why are you telling me after the I'm I'm telling the audience. (laughs) Who's talking? (laughs) Can't you tell between his character voices? I thought I was doing a good job, but it's fine. I thought so too, but I was following along. I must never pass up an opportunity to show the local constulpery a demonstration of our very frightening presentation. Come. Constabulary. Interior, Holiday Inn. (laughs) It's not a word. Interior, Holiday... Well, I know it from the movie. Interior, Holiday Inn lobby, moments later. Ngoo, the Coast Guard, Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne stand in the lobby. It is also in pristine condition. At the time of midnight, the show begins here. They're having the fun times. Then, all of a sudden... A demon bursts out of the closet. It's a man in normal height in a worn, torn costume. A very poor approximation of the demon the night before. A zipper runs down its back. Its blinking red eyes are flashing from Christmas lights. Grr, grr. Oh no, what is happening? It is an actual demon from hell. And then... Two more guys in costumes run out of the bar. One is a mummy. The other wears a pink rabbit costume with fangs glued to it and thick frown drawn on with sharp and thick frown drawn on with sharpie over its eyes. They growl and wave their hands in an unconvincing manner. Oh no! What am I going to do? I'm forced to throw peanuts. In a feigned panic, Ngu throws a bowl of peanuts at the monsters. The mummy clutches its eye. Ow. But it does no good. My life is in danger. They're coming to eat my very soul. The monsters crowd in on Ngu. The demon bumps into a coffee table. Ngoon turns to the officers. See? This is all that happened. But, like, this isn't what happened. Like, at all. They weren't bad actors in costumes. These people have zippers on their backs. Yes, but in the darkness of night... Last night they were big. One of our actors, Stuart, is not here today. He is six foot three. You don't want to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> they had uh, teeth. They breathed grain. The demon presses a bulb under his arm and green spray sprays out of a tube in his chin. Ramundo returns his notebook to his pocket. He gives Shaggy a hard stare and speaks to Fitzgibbon. Let's go. Lieutenant, our friends Fred and Velma are missing. Now, until that mystery is solved, I suggest you unholster your notebook, okay? Oh, Fred and Velma? I saw them this morning over at Dead Mike's. Daphne gawks at the (laughs) mummy. 
Dead Mike's Sports Bar later. Dead Mike's is a bright, splashy island bar, a mixed aesthetic of the sports teams and horror. Its logo is a neon skull with baseball bat crossbones. Okay, it says that we hear the music of Spando ballets, but I'm going to say that's actually Sugar Ray, right? Yeah, we can all agree. Yes, thank goodness. This is words to me by Sugar Ray. Interior, or maybe like some Smash Mouth. Interior, <laughs> Dead Mike's Sports Bar later. Fred sings karaoke melodramatically into a microphone, singing Sugar Ray. His ascot is gone. His hair is shorter above his eyes. He's less gay. It's ear. <laughs> they made him straight. They oh, made wow. made him straight. I look at you and try to do the best I can. That's the song they use in the film. That's Fred. Velma enters frame also with a microphone. Her hair is in a bun. She's wearing a makeup and a sundress. She thrusts her fists in front of her, singing with gusto. The crowd whoops and applauds. Get up, get up, get up, get up there. Pick you up and take you where I want. Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne stand in the rear of the crowd, staring in numbed shock. Ramundo and Fitzgibbon are with them. Velma and Fred grip hands as they sing the chorus together. She sings his words to me. I count the days till I see you again. You know it. <laughs> Fred is off stage miming. <laughs> Two beats always behind Velma. Zoinks, they've been brainwashed. The demons have a hypno wheel. I'm gonna go to the ladies' room. Ramundo and Fitzgibbon start to leave. Shaggy notices a pretty young woman behind Ramundo. She's clapping and singing along with Fred and Velma. Isabel? Isabel turns toward him. Her hair is now straight down and conservative. Her makeup is tasteful eyeshadow. Her clothes are colorful sweater-skirt combination. Oh, hi. You're here? Why did you leave that phone message? Isabel giggles. I just thought the show was real for a minute. Whoopsie. What happened to your hair and your clothes? Golly wally, I'm a teenager and I change all the time. Shaggy stares at her confounded. He spots the Coast Guard walking out the front door. Wait here, okay? Just wait. Interior, Dead Mike's women's restroom. Moments later, Daphne stares at herself in the bathroom mirror. The faucet is running. Okay, Daphne, you chill out. There's some reasonable explanation for, oh my God. She leans over. She splashes water in her face. She lifts her head. Zarkos, the masked wrestler, is in the mirror. He's standing behind her. He grabs her. He quickly pins her to the floor in a wrestling hold. No fear, let go. This doesn't count. I didn't have time to summon my chi. Exterior, Dead Mike Sports Bar, day. Shaggy and Scooby follow Ramundo and Fitzgibbon as they pace quickly away from the bar. Listen, there's something wrong with this place. You have to take all of us with you off this island. Fitzgibbon speaks into a walkie-talkie. Moira, do a check on Norville. Shaggy Rogers from Coolsville. If you knew Fred and Velma or my cousin, you'd know that that was even weirder than 18-foot demons. Like, who says golly wally? Who says zoinks? Fucking got him. Rogers got a jacket? No. But the dog has three sheets. He's wanted on a leash law violation, overdue vaccines, no registration, two acts of defecting in a park. Is Scooby-Doo anti-vax? <laughs> <laughs> He's a sick dog. <laughs> Defecating. He, uh, I know what say. he left the war. <laughs> Scooby, Scooby shrugs. I ride to go. <laughs> Classic. We'll take you with us. But if we do, we got to put your mutt to sleep. <gasps> Run, I'm not riot. <laughs> Sleep, Scoop. Like, what happened to Scrappy? <gasps> oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. We put him down because we were sick of him, man. Scooby yelps and bites his nails. Shaggy stops following them. He watches them go. He grudgingly starts back towards the bar. 
Ramundo and Fitzgibbon turn the corner of the bar, and Gutana and the horde of tough henchmen are standing there waiting. Interior, Dead Mike Sports Bar, moments later. Shaggy and Scooby enter. The place is suddenly abandoned. The stage is empty. The sports horror theme is decidedly more spooky. Dummies in pro-team uniforms hang from the nooses. A giant shrunken head and a football helmet also dangles from the rafters. Yipes. Where'd everybody go? Scooby sees Fred through a small window in the kitchen door. He bounds towards the doors. Red! Interior, Dead Mike's Kitchen. Scooby enters the twin doors. He sees Fred, Velma, Isabel, and some college students gathered around a small table eating cereal. Hey, Scooby, you guys missed a real kicky time last night. Ricky Rhyme? Shaggy enters behind Scooby. Fellows in the demon costumes took us back to a big cavern, and we all had some scrumptious chocolate cake. How could those be costumes? Fred, where's your ascot? Velma, you're wearing makeup. Doesn't a girl have a right to look pretty every now and then? Everyone laughs. Shaggy and Scooby look nervously at them. Velma turns away from them, glaring out a kitchen window, her back to them. You know, one thing those monsters did was pretty scary. Scooby stares at her, wondering. That blood-curdling scream they let out before they attacked. A ream? Velma looks over her shoulder at a confused Scooby-Doo. You know, sort of like... (laughs) Velma opens her mouth and releases a loud, piercing screech. Her eyes wash over with a bright red. Shaggy and Scooby holler. They look around them. Fred stands, throwing back his chair. Isabel jumps on the table, crouching like a panther. Their eyes are all red. Rick's not Carleen Topara. Ekenchemem Rico. Shaggy and Scooby run. The possessed humans take chase. Shaggy trips, but the horde just runs over his body. They seem only to care about Scooby-Doo. Scooby gallops toward a bucket of pine saw at the end of a long industrial metal table for preparing food. He scoops up the bucket and throws it on the metal counter. He jumps onto the counter of the pine saw lubricant, easing his slide down its length and toward a fire exit. Scooby slides past a long hero sandwich and out of frame. Quickly, Scooby re-emerges into the frame. The sight of the sandwich has made him forget everything. Mm. Scooby grabs a piece. Shaggy yells at him from the floor. Forget the sandwich, get out of here! Scooby sees the horde nearing him. He leaps off the counter toward the fire exit. He slams through it. The fire alarm sounds. Exterior, cliff behind dead mics. Scooby runs out into a small area of grassland. The rear of dead mics sits directly on the end of an enormous cliff, hundreds of yards above the rocky ocean. Scooby almost runs off it. He turns to see his possessed friend circling him. He stands on his hind legs, trapped. Interior, dead mics kitchen. Shaggy can see out the open door where the possessed humans approach Scooby. He searches around the room. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh. Shaggy looks at a wall phone. It has a very long cord. He snatches the receiver off the hook. He ties the cord around his waist. Shaggy takes a deep breath. He darts outside. (gasps) I thought he was going to use it as a noose again. (laughs) (laughs) Shaggy wants to die. Shaggy grabs Scooby and jumps with him off the edge of the cliff. Scooby clamps onto Shaggy. They fall screaming for a bit. It's an extraordinarily Ah! long phone cord. Then they snap to a sudden stop. Shaggy and Scooby peer down at the waves crashing up against the rocky cliffs. They swing back and forth. This stinks. Scooby gazes up at the red-eyed humans, growling. Raya, Relmer, and Ren in such a rad mood. They're not in a bad mood, Scooby. They're like demons. Raymonds? (laughs) Scooby screams at the top of his lungs for a long time. Ah! Shaggy stares at him nonplussed. They start to rise. They look up. Fred is slowly yanking them back up. Shaggy fishes in his pockets for something. He pulls out a red cross knife. Remember when we took those diving lessons, Scoob? Shaggy starts to cut the phone cord. Row. No! (laughs) The cord is cut. 
Shaggy and Scooby scream as they fall. Scooby plummets, spinning in the air, trying to get his bearings. Finally, he does. He dives straight down. Shaggy and Scooby hit the ocean. Beach, moments later. Scooby and Shaggy lope onto the shore. Scooby rubs his head in pain, a bit angry. Rewrite my red. I what? Rat my red. You know, Scoob, that's the kind of thing that pisses. That's like a little bit, like, not grateful, don't you think? It rots. I just saved your life, man. You ruined me off a griff. I went back for you, which is unlike, I'll tell you this, man, like very unlike what you did when I got stuck in that vase. You ran away like a little baby. Ruh, riddle baby. You are. You are. Shut up, Scooby. Velma's right. You are a moron. Scooby is very hurt by this. What? You heard me. Scooby, tears in his eyes, picks up a handful of sand and throws it at Shaggy. Hey! I rate you, Roo! (laughs) Scooby disappears into the forest. Shaggy spots thick metal cables running along the shoreline. They lead into a dark hole on the mountainside. Hypno wheel. Scooby, while you're in there moping, I'm gonna see where these cables go. Exterior, hole and cavern, moments later. Shaggy follows the metal cables into a short hole in the side of the cavern. He crawls into the hole. Interior, cavern catacomb. Shaggy can barely see. We hear a scream. He stands beside doorways lining the hallways, similar to where Isabel was at the beginning of the film. He uses his hand to follow the cables on the ground. Suddenly, he falls, sliding down an incline into a gushing stream. Shaggy tries to stay above water, looking at the hole above him. Scooby? He drifts through a dark cavity, leading into a cavern. Interior, cavern belly, moments later. The stream ends in a pool in this cavern belly, which is hundreds of yards in diameter and hundreds of yards high. Shaggy stops by a boulder pile beside the pool. He crawls to his knees. He spots the metal cables emerging from the pool. He peeks around the corner of the boulder pile to see where they lead. He spies something horrible. Ramundo, Fitzgibbon, and a few students are strapped by weathered leather straps and metal buckles into rectangular wooden slabs in the upright vertical position. Nine such slabs encircle the room. A hideous demon stands between each of the slabs. Ramundo struggles against the straps. Get me out of here. The cables lead to a control station, a rusty metal box with a door and a large lock. Zarkos uses a key, exactly like the one hanging from Mondavarius' belt, to open the door. He steps into the control box. He puts his hand on the controls there. The Soul Snatcher, an upright metal device with an enormous pincer on the end, is in front of the control station. Zarkos works the controls. The pincer cranes upwards. Zarkos guides the pincer toward Ramundo's chest. No! The pincer mystically, that is, without bodily injury, enters Ramundo's chest. The pincer glows. It twists, digs, and searches for something. The pincer clamps shut. Everybody's seen the movie. Everybody knows what's happening. Ramundo's body falls limp, but strangely, though his mouth has stopped moving, we still hear him muffled, screaming. The pincer emerges from his chest, pulling something translucent white and incandescent out of Ramundo. It yanks the substance like warm taffy through a pinhole. Eventually, it's free. We gaze upon Ramundo's soul. It looks like Ramundo's head with a wispy spiral tail. Looks like a sperm a little bit. He's still screaming. He stops when he sees his own limp body in front of him. Hey, what the? You're taking my soul out of my body? The demon standing behind Ramundo's body shoves his head down the throat. He shoves his arms inside. It's an ugly sight, but he gradually squeezes his whole shape through Mundo's mouth and into the soulless husk. See, the thing is, we all know how bad the CGI here looks. Yeah, we can all visualize. Yes, this is for. Yeah. <laughs> The pincer swings Ramundo's soul over the soul stew, an eight-foot-high, rusty iron vat that sits in the center of the room. It's filled with a white, mystical brew. Dim voices echo from it. The pincer stuffs Ramundo's shell-shocked soul into the soul stew. Ramundo's body's eyes open. Workers unstrap him. Ramundo manipulates his face, getting used to being in this body. He rotates his shoulders and sits up. 
Ach, Orton. He wiggles his fingers in stilted English. Fleshy. Shaggy sinks back against the boulder, afraid to even breathe. Exterior, forest. A muddied Scooby-Doo crosses the forest. Scooby! Daphne is crouched in the bushes beside him. Raffrey! Tears well up in Scooby's eyes. Raggy rubbed my reelings. <laughs> Daphne extends her hand towards Scooby. It'll be okay. Come with me, puppy. Scooby hesitantly puts his paw in her hand. He looks behind him to see if Shaggy is followed. Daphne's eyes turn red behind him. Interior, cavern belly. Shaggy continues to watch from behind the boulder pile. The upper crust co-ed who sat next to Scooby on the plane appears in the doorway. Bort er Ermin Tarkin. The possessed Coast Guard and students follow her through the doorway. Everyone's gone. Shaggy takes a deep breath for courage. He steps out of a pool of water. Shaggy creeps up the steps of the soul stew. He puts his hand on the edge of the vat, peers down into it. Zoinks. Inside the vat are hundreds of souls, white translucent faces, swirling, agonized, screaming and chattering and whispering their secrets. Shaggy knows his Velma's soul, circling. Shaggy, get me out of here. Give me a hand. It circles up and away from Shaggy and then swirls back down again. Hell. <laughs> Don't tell me all those years of video games haven't given you hand-eye coordination. Shaggy, fearfully, yet with amazing reflexes, plunges his hand in the vat and snatches up Velma's soul. He holds it up. She's dizzy. Okay, so he learned that from the crane game, I guess they're telling yeah. us. Great foreshadowing. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, man. Fred said it was the hypno wheel. Uh, I would have never come if I knew there would be a thing that pulled you out of you and put a main thing inside of you. Get the others. They should be on the top layer since we're the last ones they put in there. What about you? If my instincts are correct, just let me go. We'll meet you on the beach at the base of the mountain. Let go? Velma nods. Shaggy, unsure, releases her soul. She shoots away with dazzling trichromatic streak of light and out of the cavern. Exterior, forest. Evil Daphne and her cohorts carry a bamboo pole with an upset Scooby-Doo tied upside down to it. He gulps. Evil Velma follows, overseeing things. They all sing. Corica, Gordon, Alessoy, Gabala, Lala, Gingo, Hoy, Arifa, Moya, this demon will forever be. The multicolored streak of Velma's soul zips behind them, smack into the possessed Velma's face. None of the other humans notice as she's knocked off her feet. Velma's soul oozes into the mouth of the prone Velma. It travels through her neck like a rat through a snake. The body quakes and suddenly oh a monstrous demon springs from her chest. Slats of daylight stream down through the limbs of the tree behind the demon. Where the light meets the demon's body, the demon burns. He opens his mouth to scream, but instead explodes into glowing protoplasmic chunks. Velma covers her face to protect herself, but the chunks dissipate into nothing. She looks at the others, still carrying Scooby down the forest path. They've noticed nothing. Interior, cavern belly. Shaggy snatches another soul out of the vat. You've saved me! Thank you! Thank you so much! Sorry, I'm, um, looking for my friend. Shaggy shoves the man's soul back into the stew. He grabs another. It's Fred's soul. Shaggy holds it upside down by its wispy spinal tail. Fred is, to say the least, rattled. Listen, man, I, I think someone spiked my root beer with crack last night, and I'm having, like, a bad trip. Shh! Take me down, pal. I'm having a bummer. Shh. The, a demon took over your body. <laughs> a, a demon? Shaggy, cut the superstitious claptrap. At the end of every paranormal claim, there are only fools seeking fame, paranoid- Fred, you're a freaking see-through plutoprasmic head. Shaggy looks around, afraid someone heard. Sorry. Shh. Um, bye. What? Shaggy releases Fred's soul. It flies in a colorful streak. 
Interior, Fred's hotel room. The possessed Fred is in the steamed up shower, sponging himself and singing along to the song on the radio. Tears for fears, everybody wants to rule the world. Fred's soul whooshes into the bathroom. It smacks against the shower door and bounces off. Oh! Unable to get in the shower, it flies out of the bathroom. Interior, Fred's hotel room. Fred's soul ricochets around the hotel room. Ow, ow, ow. Then it bounces out the open window. Interior, cavern belly. Shaggy yanks Daphne's soul out of the vat. She's pissed. Put me back, Shaggy. I don't I don't want to be saved again. I will figure this out myself. Like how? Like, I don't know. Use my tongue as an oar and I'll swim to the edge. External, catacomb corridor. Daphne and the other demons carry Scooby out on the bamboo pole into the staff door Isabel and Mandy sneaked into at the beginning of the film. Velma tails them. She leaves the door open behind her. The possessed humans carry Scooby down the corridor. They pass a few doorways. Velma spots a bright, streaking soul approaching. She hops out of the rest into the small room. As they pass it, Velma surreptitiously yanks on the possessed Daphne. The rest of the humans walk by without noticing. Interior, small catacomb room. The soul flies into Daphne's face. Daphne's body shivers. An enormous demon pops out of her chest. Only this time, he doesn't explode. The demon looks at Daphne. Sonia Vlincantu. Human. The demon picks up the confused Daphne by the back of the neck and slams her against the rocky wall. Looks like you could use a little sun. The demon turns angrily toward Velma. Velma has her hand on a light switch. She flicks it. The demon gazes worriedly at the ceiling's flickering fluorescent bulb. He explodes into dissipating chunks. Velma looks at Daphne. The demons can't survive the light. That's why they need our bodies. Are you all right, Daphne? Uh, not quite. You're not all right? No, I'm... I'm all right, but not quite Daphne. I'm Fred. Velma stares at her. I couldn't, you know, get into my body, so I panicked and I didn't know where else to go, and it's difficult to steer when you're a pure spirit. Velma snickers. Daphne's mood shifts as she realizes something. She runs her hands over her sides. She smiles. I can go and look at myself naked. Holy God, I can try out things I'd never imagined even in my most outlandish fantasies. There's a slam against the door. Velma opens it. Daphne's soul flies into the mouth of her body. Fred's soul instantly pops out of her chest and zooms around the room. Interior, Fred's hotel room. Fred steps out of the shower, drying himself, still singing. He looks up surprised and sees Fred's soul zooming towards him. Bite me! Fred's soul slams into his mouth, knocking him over. Interior, small catacomb room. Daphne stares at Velma upset. She shudders. He was in my body. Did he, did he touch anything? Just saw your boobies a little bit. Daphne does her best to pretend she's a gas, but she's obviously a little turned on. Okay. Canceled. Velma peeks out through the door. Coast is clear. Let's go. Interior, cavern belly. Shaggy leans over the vat, searching futilely. Isabel? Shaggy hears something at the doorway. Zarkos enters the room. He doesn't see Shaggy tiptoeing, disappearing through a passageway behind him. Interior dungeon, later. Scooby-Doo is using a white rock to scrawl a huge equation on the cavern wall. It reads, 12 plus 7 equals a drawing of Pikachu. Wow. Wow. The metalhead and two other possessed humans are playing a game at a folding table using sinister-looking octagonal cards. The metalhead's long locks are now a crew cut. Oh, they cut El's hair off? That's fucked up. That's so sad. Mm. Scooby catches his eye through the rusty metal bars between them. He points to the equation. The metalhead sees it and mellowly shooks his head no. Scooby looks across the murky dungeon. A mischievous look crosses his face. He has an idea. Scooby clutches his heart. He wheezes. He's pretending to have a heart attack. <gasps> Rikes! 
I'm crying. The guards stare blankly at him from their seats as they stumble back and forth melodramatically. Scooby flips onto his back. He gasps for air like a dying fish, raspy and without shame. <gasps> then he dies. The possessed human continues staring, unmoving. After a moment, Scooby squinches open one eye. It didn't work the first eight times you did it either. I really am red wrist time. Then why are you talking? Scooby slaps his paw against his face. Rupert! Ngoo opens the door beside the metalhead. Mr. Do, Mondavarius will now be seeing you. Exterior, hole and cavern, evening. Shaggy steps out of the hole and onto the beach. He looks up to see Fred, Velma, and Daphne standing waiting for him. He stops, staring at them with resigned trepidation. Tell me you're your. Fred took over my body and touched my boobs. They were itchy. And admit it. You're into the thought. And we know for sure that she is because the narrator told yeah. us so. Uh, Shaggy continues out of the hole nodding. Yeah, yeah. Did you get Isabel? She like must have been at the bottom of the pot. I couldn't see her. Where's Scooby? They can't look at him in the eye. What? Interior, catacombs office. Ngu opens a door. He leads Scooby-Doo into the room where Isabel was captured. Scooby's surprised by the craggy walls blanketed with Scooby-Doo memorabilia, photographs from his life, magazine articles, and so on. Mondavarius sits at a desk covered in goo and clashing colors. He drinks a cup of tea. Leave us alone, Ngu. Ngu bows, departs. Scooby points at himself on the cover of Fancy Dog magazine. Rats re! Mondavarius indicates a table with velvet cloth draped over it. My friends, join me. Truth awaits. Exterior, beach. The gang has set up camp. Fred makes a fire out of twigs. Daphne says you have some pages in Latin from Mondavarius's castle. Oh, right. Shaggy removes the wet pages from his pocket. He hands them to Velma. She looks at them. The gang gathers around. Shaggy looks regretful. I shouldn't have yelled at Scooby. This isn't really Latin. It's a derivative of Latin. Can you read it? Most of it, yeah. Interior, catacomb office. Mondavarius removes the velvet sheet to display a small-scale model of the cavern belly, complete with miniature soul stew, soul snatcher, pewter demons, etc. Read, oh! Mondavarius shows Scooby parts of the model. The vat is comprised of human souls. We call it the soul stew. Scooby licks his lips hungry. Mm. Stew? Mmm! <laughs> At midnight tonight, through occult incantations, we evoke the soul tube. Mondavarius flicks a switch on the side of the model. A holographic tube of souls pop up from the stew. It reaches up to the ceiling. Scooby looks at it. He playfully dips his paws into it. The soul tube is a shuttle, if you will, between Earth and the demon realm. I've used sorcery to summon low-level demons over the years, but only through this tube can we transport the demon rex. Mondavarius flicks another switch. A red holographic demon rex slowly descends through the tunnel of souls. Scooby points to a plaster kitten with a spring for a neck on Mondavarius' desk. What's rat? That's a cat with a bobbing head. Scooby slaps its head, making it bob. It amuses him. Please don't touch it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this. Mondavarius flicks another switch. Holograms of other demons follow the demon rex down the tube. The demon rex issues a powerful magnetic force which draws every other demon in the wake onto our earth. And then... Exterior, beach. Velma reads the pages. The demon shall disperse over the earth, replacing every human soul with a superior demonic one. Interior, catacombs office. Mondavarius is exuberant. All human souls, that is, with the exception of myself, Zarkos, and Ngutorna, shall be the Demon Rex's human acolytes. Scooby doesn't quite get it yet. Raggy rolled Rhea Roron. Don't you see? We mustn't worry about yourself with these trifles any longer. 
Exterior beach. Velma continues to read the book. They can't do it without this great canine. He Velma flips the page to reveal. Ancient illustration. It is a dignified, well-muscled version of Scooby-Doo. Above the illustration, it reads Magna Canis. Crikey! Oh, so she is Australian. (laughs) Great. Why? (laughs) Crikey! There you go. Can I call my crikey? Did you guys just throw that in? That's my fucking dog. (laughs) Interior, Catacomb's office. Mondavarius gestures to the Scooby-Doo paraphernalia around him. Yo, the tales about Scooby-Doo, hand-picked more than 500 years ago. Really? Rule! We followed your every step since your puppy mill birth in Coolsville. Strange and wonderful occurrences have always surrounded you, yes? Rare, rare! You're a magnet for them, my hirsute friend, and at midnight tonight, most strange and wonderful of all. Series of close-ups, demon wrecks, a blinking black eye, beady, hollow, wet, and evil. You will bequeath your body to the future lord and master of this earthly realm. Talon fingers curling in on themselves. A blessed demon Rex, praise me! A purple tongue slithering over a steely sharp beak. For this is why you were called into being. Back to Catacomb's office. You are the ultimate and holy bioorganic sacrifice! Scooby points his thumbs at himself, grinning widely, too excited for words. He can't believe his good luck. I'm a rock rice? <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy, Fred, Velma, and Daphne are in shock. Scooby-Doo is the chosen one? Velma nods. And the demons are going to take over everyone at midnight? That's what it says. Fred slumps down into the sand. Velma falls back hard against a tree. Daphne runs her hands through her hair. Well, come on, like, let's go. Where? You know, to save Scooby and Isabel. You want us to battle giant demons and save humanity. If you don't recall, Shaggy, our area of expertise is nut jobs in Halloween costumes. Well, I'm going to go save them with or without the rest of you. You can't be serious. I'm totally serious. What's happened to us? We're supposed to be heroes. I'm too scared to be a hero. I was so scared when Chicken Stein jumped at me out of that coffin. I let loose a dirty little... Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so scared when Chicken Stein jumped at me out of that coffin. I let loose a little dirt in my drawers. Blame the smell on Scoob. But still I went back for Daphne. I shit myself. <laughs> but I'm okay. <laughs> I'll do it again. Daphne looks at him moved. Chicken Stein wasn't real. They've all been real to me, man. Velma looks at Daphne. All right, I'm in too. Scooby's our friend, but we need the Velmster. The Velmster? You think you're going to sweet talk me with my old nickname? Try to make me feel like I'm part of the group? Interior, barn, evening. Velma opens a barn door to reveal a spotlight. We need a spotlight. Interior, holiday, in room, evening. Fred takes a mirror off of a hotel room wall. And mirrors. Back to the scene. I could get on top of the cavern. Interior, gym, evening. Daphne looks up at repelling gear on the wall. With some repelling gear. Back to the scene. What about me? What should I do? Fred smiles. He remembers something. Split screen, interior, airport, cavern, belly. On one side of the screen, Shaggy expertly works the crane machine in the Coolsville airport. On the other side, Zarkos controls the similar soul snatcher dropping a soul into the soul stew. I believe your vast knowledge of mechanical amusement devices will come in handy, my friend. Flashback, interior cavern belly. Zarkos uses a key to unlock the gate surrounding the control station. But we need to get the key to the control box. Back to the scene. Mondavarius and Zarko both have one. Fred nods. He puts his hand out in the center of the group. Shaggy puts his hand on Fred's. 
Daphne puts her hand on Shaggy's. Velma puts her hand on all of theirs. Let's get jinky with it. Classic. Ended up in the movie. That, yeah, I'm glad that made it wow. to the final movie. What a line. Interior. Preparatory enclave. Later. Humans adorn Scooby-Doo with garlands. They give him a manicure. A scantily clad woman. Why is she scantily clad? A scantily <laughs> clad woman. That's to make it horny. from earlier. <laughs> a scantily clad woman feeds Scooby-Doo snacks as if they were grapes. Why can't they just be grapes? Okay, I guess he's a dog. He can't eat grapes. <laughs> he's loving it. He sits on a gilded palanquin with a mattress and numerous pillows. He writes in a notebook considering his newest equation. 12 plus 7 equals AX2N2. They love that joke. <laughs> It's insane that it was in here so much they just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Interior, cavern passageway. Fred and Velma wearing huge backpacks are pretending to be demons. They each grip one of Shaggy's arms as if he's their prisoner. Shaggy is scared witless. Like, all, all right, you guys were right. Let's forget this. Come on, you chicken. We can't fool anybody. You don't look like a demon. And neither do you. Freddy has adopted a freaky glass-eyed stare. Hey, cut that out. It's spooky enough in here without you making that face. They turn a corner in the passageway and come to interior cavern niche. Mondavarius sits on a sheet metal throne. Zarko super glues ceremonial stones to his sandals. Mondavarius spots them. Mm, you've retrieved the beatnik. Escort him to the belly. Not that it matters. By the witching hour, they'll all be in our camp anyhow. Exterior cavern belly roof. Daphne repels James Bond style from a tall tree down toward the mountainous roof of the cavern. She wears her leather eggplant bodysuit and has enormous backpack. She lands on the mountain in a cat-like crouch. Velma, Fred, and Shaggy venture into the enormous cavern. A demon stands beside one of the slabs, waiting to inhabit Shaggy's body. Shaggy whispers through clenched teeth. This, like, isn't cool. How are you gonna get rid of that guy? Fred and Velma each draw two high-powered flashlights. One in each hand. They point the flashlights at the demon. Four small beams appear on the monster. His skin smokes. Allah. He turns towards them angrily. Humans, you can't kill me with beams that weak. The demon rushes them, moving faster and faster. Fred and Velma stand their ground. The demon gets closer. Fred and Velma slowly guide their four beams together into, into one spot on the demon's chest, intensifying the light. The demon grimaces in pain. He explodes. I love Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> no, it was don't cross the beams. <laughs> but at the end, they do. They have to. That's the trick. Oh, you're right. I've only seen the 2016 one. That's not true. That's a lie. The best lie. one. That also, in that one, they do the same thing. <laughs> nice try, Mia. <laughs> Fred and Velma throw their backpacks onto the ground and begin removing mirrors. Shaggy, head into that passageway. Fred uses a tape measure and some chalk, marking off points on the wall surrounding them. There, me, why? You have to pretend that you've been transformed into a demon. That's where they go afterwards. Velma hammers a nail into one of Fred's chalk marks. I'm like, not an actor. I don't know how to, like, get all looking like a demon looks. Just go, Shaggy, and then see if you can find Scooby. Interior, demon makeover parlor. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> montage, <laughs> montage. The possessed Ramundo and the upper crest co-ed are in this room, a dark H.R. Geiger beauty salon replete with mirrors, hair goop galore, reptilian appliances, etc. Shaggy smiles uncomfortably, not knowing what to say. Ramundo shoves him into the chair. He speaks to Shaggy. Frock Arkenaba lick. 
Shaggy stares at him, smiling nervously. Uh, I'd like to practice the form of English uh, thing known as uh, a question. Sure. Um, how do you tell the difference between a demon in a human's body and a human in a human's body? That's easy. We don't sweat. Interior, catacomb corridor, night. Shaggy emerges from the makeover parlor. He wears an Izod shirt, khakis, and penny loafers. His hair is short, moosed, and perfectly feathered back. His goatee is gone. Oh, no. Humans move past him. He sees the preparatory enclave down the hall, where Happy Scooby is alone for a moment. He walks towards it. Interior, preparatory enclave. Scooby sees Shaggy. His expression turns sour. Scooby, they turned me into a total geek. I'm not rocking to Rue. Rue called Rio Roron. I'm sorry, Scooby. You're my best friend. I shouldn't have... But we need your help. I'm Ront Reed to help you. That's the only way we can get you out of here. I run run to Rue. Rook. Ruby rocks. Scooby holds up a bag of Scooby snacks. Shaggy automatically reaches for them. Scooby pulls them away. Run for you. Ray rate me re reflect. Unlike you. They're fooling you, Scoob. Ruh-oh. Raw relis. Ray rub Ruby do. I'm a rock rice. A sacrifice. Shaggy sees a trio of humans approaching. He whispers. The wrestler has a gold key. Get it if you can. Put it, I don't know, under this mattress. Scooby just stares at him. The possessed humans push Shaggy out of the room. Interior, cavern belly. Fred and Velma are hanging the last of the mirrors on the wall. The mirrors travel all the way around the cavern. This works. It could be even cooler than the time we kicked the living shit out of Dick Van Dyke with the cotton candy ghost. You mean the time we kicked the shit out of the cotton candy ghost with Dick Van Dyke? Fred stares at her, doubting. You sure? A bleeding horn echoes through the cavern. Velma checks her watch. Bleep, 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 bleep. Quarter to midnight. Possessed humans file into the cavern from numerous passages, encircling the cavern. Shaggy enters with them. He sees Velma and Fred and moves towards them. Exterior, cavern, belly, roof. Daphne props a large spotlight on a tripod. Interior, cavern, belly. The humans stand stock still in straight lines, staring in the direction of the vat. Fred and Velma, uncertain, line up with them. Fred watches Mondavarius use the key hanging from his belt to open the control station door. Shaggy gets in line beside him. He whispers. I found Scooby. I told him to put the key under his mattress. Mattress? Yeah, but, but I don't know if he's going to. Oh, and another thing. Don't sweat. What? Demons in human bodies don't sweat. You, you can't control sweating. Yeah, you can. How? And just like, say, Shaggy man, don't sweat. You can't, you, you can't do that. No, no, no one can do that. I can. Uh, uh-oh, I, th- I think there's a little bit of sweat right there. I didn't start sweating until you told me I couldn't sweat. Interior preparatory enclave. Zarkos enters the enclave. Shaggy sees a key sticking out of Zarkos's pocket, just inches from his own face. He could grab it if he wanted. Scooby looks sad as memories travel through his mind. Your Velma's right. You are a moron. You're the chosen one, Scooby-Doo. I'm sorry, Scoob. You're my best friend. Zarkos looks at the trio of possessed humans. Let's go. Interior, cavern belly. Mondavarius stands in the control station box, wearing ceremonial garb. He closes his eyes in prayer. Demon Rex, this eve your sweet servants gather in worshipful anticipation of your coming rule. Musicians drum. They play creepy, Dr. Seussian ancient instruments made of wood and metal. They chant. A ring, set. Shaggy, Velma, and Fred are the only ones who don't know the words. They try to fake it. 
Yeah. Up in This is the thing we say. Say. Fred pretends to itch himself, wiping sweat from his face. I want to do your carry. Unleavened Shaggy sees something in a passageway. Zarkos and the trio possessed humans carrying the ceremonial adorned Scooby-Doo toward the center of the cavern belly. Scooby waves at the crowd as he passes, happy with his situation. Rollo! 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 They slide the palanquin into slots atop four short bamboo poles in front of the soul stew. Velma looks at Shaggy, confused. Something tells me he didn't get the key. He thinks this is a party. Zarkos and his charges grab onto Scooby's arms and legs. Scooby looks suddenly worried. Right, I reckon. Forever, this, maybe I'll loop that in the background. I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> the, the quartet straps Scooby's arms and legs onto the palanquin. The rear bamboo poles holding the palanquin aloft rises electronically until the palanquin is vertical. Scooby-Doo is suspended in X shape. The possessed humans all at once open their mouths and screech hellishly. The entire cavern begins to tremble. Scooby glares up at the ceiling. Ripes. Mondavarius gazes up at the ceiling, grinning. A huge hole in the ceiling explodes, bursting forward directly over the soul stew. Exterior, cavern belly roof. The spotlight topples to its side. Daphne covers her face. Rocks fly up past her and into the night sky. The soul stew rises behind a shivering Scooby. The soul hands form a swirling soul tube of screaming human faces. It twirls, twists, gaining speed, boring up through the hole and toward the sky. Fred, Velma, and Shaggy watch the soul tube. Tremendous winds blow through the cavern. The bottom of the tube lifts off the metal vat. It bends forward. An open cavity aimed into the room. Daphne gazes up at the long tube, leading further into the lightning-filled sky than she can see. Then she spots the demon Rex, a gargantuan, fiery, winged beast, streaking down towards the center of the soul tube, rushing towards us. His black eyes are deep-set, hollow, and wet. Deathly talons sprout from his wings. His thin, disgusting tongue flips out from his face, slithering over his steely, sharp beak. There is nothing beautiful about this creature, nothing tender, nothing good. And he is full of joy. A hellish horde of demons in every shape, color, and size is on his tail. They yip and holler and howl. Interior. Yeehaw, cowboys. You're my favorite deputy. Interior, cavern belly. The demons emerge from the cavity at the bottom of the tube. Hades cornucopia. And they swamp the room. Velma eyes Fred. Men in masks? You think? What if Bigfoot is real too? I wrote that whole book. Some of these creatures look like monkeys, small and thin and ice blue. They cling to the walls, yipping. Others are skeletal and smirking like body parts absent. Others are diseased. They drip pus. Hell yeah. Zarko spots Daphne standing at the edge of the hole, pushing the spotlight upward. He is alarmed. Demon Rex plants his huge, putrid body beside the shivering Scooby-Doo. He runs his scaly talons below Scooby's chin. Good puppy. Lord, it is an honor to meet you. Work the machinery, simp. Don't waste time. Put me in the body. The Demon Rex grabs Scooby's face in his taloned hand. 
I'm going to be wearing your spots. Yes, Lord, I... Mondavarius pushes the levers on the control station. The giant pincers rise into the air. Shaggy and a perspiring Fred start towards Mondavarius. Velma stops them. Wait for the spotlight. That's the plan. It was supposed to happen already. Mondavarius guides the pincer into Scooby's chest as Scooby whimpers. Daphne aims the spotlight down in through the hole. She directs it at a mirror on the wall. Suddenly, the mirror is knocked over by a blue monkey demon screeching with celebratory rage. Daphne hears something behind her. She turns. Zarkos is standing there. Senorita, caught you again without your she, have I not? Zarkos barrels towards her. Daphne tries to kick him. He grabs her ankle. She falls onto her back. (laughs) Interior, cavern belly. The pincer yanks Scooby-Doo's soul out of his body. The demon Rex opens Scooby's mouth like a lion tamer with a lion. He grins to the crowd. I've got my critics, but you gotta love this. (laughs) The demon Rex dives down into Scooby-Doo's throat. Scooby's body begins to tremble. It burns black for a second. Scooby's soul dangles from the pincer's grip. He sees his body. Ray! Rats, Ray! Raggy! Hey, Raggy! Look at Ray! I'm Rasta Red! Voluptuous, winged, female fish demon. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Mm. Fish <laughs> Voluptuous, winged, female... There's so many elements, too. Voluptuous, winged, female fish demon tilts her head up at Fred, staring quizzically. Fred sees her in his peripheral vision. His nervousness increases. He's sopping with perspiration. The pincer inserts Scooby-Doo's soul into the soul tube. Scooby's body pulses, his nostrils flare, his brow thickens, his soft eyes turn dark, evil. He burns the red color of hot charcoal. He grows to 40 times his size. He snaps the straps and lands on the floor like a cat. This is Scooby Rex, our childhood hero filtered through Satan's eyes. His paws are the size of a man. Huge fangs protrude. He releases a terrifying growl. All the demons rejoice. Yay. Yes. Good. Yeah. Uh, yes, Finally, it's right, good gang? for me, and I'm a demon. <laughs> Shaggy, Velma, and Fred gaze at the control station. The fish demon lowers in the air in front of Fred. Her wings flapping like a hummingbird. She points at him. This one's sweating. Shaggy, get to the control box. Velma, fix the mirror. I'll see if Scooby put the key under the mattress. Shaggy, Velma, and Fred take off in different directions. The fish demon screeches behind them, pointing them out. The demons grab at Shaggy, Velma, and Fred. Exterior, cavern belly roof. Daphne does handsprings away from Zarkos. He handsprings after what? Okay, equally proficient. They stop in the same place. She strikes him. He strikes her. She goes, she goes to punch him. He grabs her arm. He flips her down. He kneels on her chest, pinning her there, smirks. Fred dodges the demons like a running back. Velma slides under a flying monkey, sweeping down at her. Shaggy is fast, diving between creatures. Then the Scooby-Doo Rex lands powerfully in front of him. The Rex stabs its enormous face into Shaggy's. Who invited you to my sweet 16? What a line. (laughs) What an incredible, incredible line. 16 minutes. Exterior, cavern belly roof. Zarkos holds down Daphne. He pulls a piece of rope from his belt. I'll bring you to the catacombs and tie you and use you for bait for whoever you're working with. Zarko starts to tie her hands. Not this time! And she kicks him and he Hi-yah! comes toward her. With one swift flying swirling kick to his chest, she knocks him backwards. Zarko stumbles backwards so that he almost topples into the hole on the roof. Daphne grabs a terrified wrestler by a suspender. He's wearing suspenders? 
Did you he, not see yeah. the movie? Yeah, he's shirtless with suspenders. He's dressed like an old-timey clown. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure the suspenders are like an X shape. Yeah, it at the yeah they cross she, it over. What she, do I think a clown looks like? <laughs> I don't know, wrong. You only oh. know a clown when it starts to take clothes off. Yeah, I don't know yeah, a clown when I'm clown. about to fuck said clown. Jackson, we've seen what you think a man looks like and how you dress, so I can <laughs> yeah. only assume that your clown thing yeah. is also wrong. The same, yeah. Daphne grabs the terrified wrestler by a suspender. She drapes him over the open hole hole his boots barely graze the ledge the soul tube vacillates beneath him yes the soul tube vacillates (laughs) fun Uh, are you the fish demon (laughs) she puts her face in close to his now who's the damsel in distress me straight up daphne drops him he screams as he plummets to his demise interior cavern belly shaggy falls to the floor the scooby wrecks raises his paw above him to squash him, then stops. He sees Zarkos falling into the pit. Fred runs over to the vertical palanquin. He leaps over a demon and onto a small platform beneath it. He rips away the mattress, which is attached by Velcro, and there, scrawled in huge letters on the wooden board, it reads, 12 plus 7 equals 19. He did it. He figured it out. That dog did it. Zarkos' key rests on the inside rim. Fred smiles. Scooby's soul, twisting in the tunnel, chuckles. Shaggy! Scooby Rex looks down to squash Shaggy, but he's no longer there. He looks over and sees Shaggy standing at the control station. Fred tosses the key. It spins over the heads of the demons. Shaggy catches it. He goes to unlock the control station door. Daphne flicks the switch on the spotlight. The beam shoots down into the room. It eradicates a few demons flying in its path. The beam impotently hits stone where the mirrors fell. Velma, however, is standing beneath the beam. She casually picks up a mirror from the floor. The demons are staring at her. Who are you? The Velmster. What are you? I'm a hero. Velma thrusts the mirror high over her head. The spotlight strikes it. The beam reflects from the wall mirror to mirror to mirror throughout the room, a complex geometric pattern. It bursts through demons in its path, destroying almost all of them. Shaggy shoves Mondavarius out of the way. The control station controls are identical to the arcade crane controls in the airport. Shaggy confidently thrusts a lever to the side. The pincer swoops over in front of the Scooby Rex. It's one thing that you wanted to take over the world. The pincer jabs into the disconcerted Scooby Rex's chest. It twists. But you shouldn't have messed. Shaggy wrenches the Demon Rex out of Scooby-Doo's body. He swings the Demon Rex into the bottom of the soul tube. With my pet. With my pet. He should probably say friend, what a but okay. Yeah, that's clear what, talks to you. how Shaggy sees the relationship. <laughs> yeah. That's no good. I own this person. That's, a, that's sort of Shaggy's perspective. Shaggy opens the pincer. The demon Rex flies, screaming into the tube, upward toward the sky. He's unable to grip onto the sides with his no! tongue. All the other demons, due to the Demon Rex's gravitational force, are instantaneously yanked from their human forms. Their bodies fall limp. The demons whoosh into the tube behind the Demon Rex. Demons rush in a blur to the island, one by one, from all directions, streaming towards the mountain entrance. Velma and Fred lie on the ground. They cover their heads as hundreds of demons whoosh over their bodies and up into the soul tube. And then it stops. The room is momentarily quiet. Daphne stands before the soul tube. It is no longer twisting. The faces aren't screaming. A woman's soul stares at Daphne. She appears peaceful. Isabel? Thank you. The tube begins to crumble. The souls chip off and stream away in trichromatic colors. It's his favorite word. Often in the night sky. Interior, cavern belly. Scooby-Doo's soul colorfully zooms across the cavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nailed it. He splashes into his again normal sized body. It'd be incredible if he didn't get small again. What if he was just big <laughs> Scooby Doo? Big forever. <laughs> like Clifford. <laughs> in colorful bursts, the souls zip around the smiling Velma and Fred and out through the cavern's halls. Honestly, all these people are going to body swap. It's going to be pretty sweet. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to roll. Imagine how many boobies they're going to get touched. Yeah. They made Velma say boobies. <laughs> yeah, boobies. Daphne repels down in through the hole in the roof. The colorful halls whoosh around her. Other souls enter other formerly possessed bodies on the ground. They wake. They rise. Scooby-Doo paws playfully at the bright balls zipping over his head. It's brutal. Velma smiles at Mandy. She helps her up. Fred gives Armando a hand. Everyone in the cavern is standing. Velma gives Shaggy a big bear hug. Someone taps him on the back. He turns to see Isabel. She's crying. Hey, cuz. Izzy. Shaggy and Isabel embrace. Daphne gives Fred a little punch on the shoulder. We did it. Fred gives her a little punch back. They stare at each other's eyes. Their breath quickens as their desire rushes. to This is so gross. They embrace and kiss passionately. Then as quickly as it started, Daphne catches her lapse of reasoning and pushes Fred away. Fred, cut, cut your crap. <laughs> you kissed me back. No, I didn't. She used tongue. He's lying. Scooby-Doo wanders nervously through the jubilation. Looking for someone, he hears a voice behind him. Scooby! Scooby turns, tongue wagging, legs splayed. Raggy! Scooby gallops towards Shaggy. He weeps, flying through the air. He lands on Shaggy's chest, knocking him over. Ruby do good? Yeah, you did. Ruby run a roar on? Like, not at all, buddy. Raggy loves Ruby again? I always did. And Ruby loves Raggy! Yeah! Scooby-Doo pins Shaggy there, licking his face. Shaggy laughs and protests the huge tongue, trying to stop it. But Scooby just can't give his best friend enough love. <laughs> Cut it out, Scoob. <laughs> <laughs> Ngu appears over Shaggy. A nearly sobbing Mondavarius is by Ngu's side. Scooby-Doo gulps, and just like he did when Shaggy was stuck in the vase, he starts to run away. Ngu grabs Shaggy's neck. He lifts him up off the floor. You, you have eradicated a lifetime's worth of work. Kill him, Ngoo. Snap his neck like a weasel. Shaggy can hardly speak or breathe. Scoob, that mangy rodent. Ha! He's a coward. Sniveling and shivering and shaking like... Mondavarius and Ngoo hear loud growling. They turn. Scooby stands, haunched. The fur on his back is sticking up. His fangs are exposed. He appears huge and frightening. Reeve. Raggy Rarone. He barrels towards them. Mondavarius and Ngu's expressions drop. They scream. Scooby-Doo is a saber-toothed tiger leaping at his prey. Interior. Jesus. Wow. He eats them alive. Interior. Coast Guard Station. Day. News footage. Press bulbs flash on Mondavarius and Ngu. They're handcuffed and thoroughly beaten up. A throng of correspondents gather around the gang. They stick their microphones in Fred's face. Fred, can you tell us how you masterminded the apprehension of Raphael Mondavarius? Yes. Uh, it all started when I was giving a speech at Coolsville, and... Fred notices Velma standing quietly beside them, gazing at the floor. And, and I think, really, that the Velmster should take it from there. The correspondents all thrust their mics towards a surprised Velma. Her eyes smile warmly at Fred. Yes, Firstly, we don't believe there is any such person as Raphael Mondavarius. We came to the conclusion that he's actually... With the dexterity of Vanna White turning letters, Daphne pulls off the Mondavarius mask to reveal... Garrett Rogers, Shaggy's uncle. Sure. It makes sense. He wanted Scooby-Doo to be part of his evil plan, so he prodded us into coming to Spooky Island. 
at least that's what we thought, until we called Garrett in Coolsville and he was still home. Consequently, this is just another mask covering his real identity. Daphne pulls a Garrett mask off to reveal. Fred Jones, who set up the whole situation just so Mystery Inc. would return to the spotlight. Pan to Fred, who is hurt by the accusation. But I'm standing right here. Right. It was ludicrous that we suspected Fred, since we've often seen he and Mondavarius together. So it could only be the one person so unmercifully nefarious as to concoct this evil scheme. Daphne yanks off the Fred mask to reveal... Darn nuts! And I would have gotten away with it too, if not for those meddling kids. They're horrid. You should have seen what that disgusting animal did at my Christmas party. And him? I figured out the mystery of Moody Manor, and he took all the credit. Sorry, Don, but there's no reason to freak out like a jerk and kill humanity. I am nuts. I am the master of hell. All shall bow before my unyielding power. You stupid sons of bit. The TV shuts off. Interior, Daphne's dining room, day. Daphne removes the videotape from the player. Velma, Shaggy, Fred, and Scooby are sitting around a dining room table with empty plates and glasses. Shaggy's wearing a green t-shirt with a demon eating a baby's head on it. They applaud and laugh. (laughs) Great t-shirt, man. Hey, that's you. Yeah, I'm saying it about myself. (laughs) I know we've seen it all before, but every time I really get a kick. Velma's did a bang-up job. It's no surprise that Yale offered her that professorship. You hear about Fred? They look at him. Not to toot my own horn, but I've pre-sold 200,000 copies of my new book, Why Skeptics Suck Ass. Groovy. Daphne looks at her watch. Shoot, I've, I've got to go. I've got rehearsal. Rehearsal? Yeah, Daphne got cast as the lead new action flick. Mean Hard Revenge 2. Scooby-Doo does some kung fu moves. Rah! He rah! Everyone laughs, not looking <laughs> where he's throwing his hands. Scooby-Doo chops Shaggy in the face. Ah, Rory. Exterior, Daphne's house. Moments later, the gang crosses the lawn toward their cars. The mystery machine is in the driveway. Thanks for lunch, Daph. That was uh, nice of you. Yeah, 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 ranks. Like, well, I hope we can make it a regular thing. Velma opens her car door. She stops. Shaggy, you didn't say what you were doing. Oh, uh, like nothing much. Scooby and me, we just got a, you know, we got a mysterious call. A mysterious call. Oh, I don't know. They said they said they were from a Jello pudding factory, and that there were sightings of like a a Jello chocolate pudding monster. Then they hung up. Yeah, yeah, Rallo. Yeah. Everyone stops and looks at him. Well, goodbye, everybody. See ya. So long, folks. Fred steps into the mystery machine. Velma gets into her Dodge. Daphne walks toward the door. Shaggy and Scooby head down the sidewalk. Hey, Shaggy. They turn to see Daphne behind them. What? Kind of chocolate pudding monster. Velma pulls her dodge in front of them. That's what I was thinking. Is it a monster or could it be a ghost? It's probably just a man in a mask. Hey, don't jump to conclusions, Shag. Fred steps out of the mystery machine behind Shaggy. If you expect it to be a man in a mask, then when it ends up being a protoplasmic alien life form animating an edible substance, it'll take you unaware. Perhaps shooting acidic wads of pudding at your head, tearing off your face. That's exactly what Scooby said. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. That's a good line. (laughs) Scooby-Doo gives Fred the thumbs up. Velma pulls out a cell phone, dials it. This sounds pretty serious. Sarah? Velma Dinkley. I'm not going to be in for a couple of weeks. Right, and I can always be in Mean Hard Revenge 3. This could be dangerous. Someone of my physical prowess could come in handy, opening uh, uh, lodge doors, etc. Shaggy shrugs. (laughs) 
Sure. <laughs> if you want, I don't care. Fred claps. The gang moves towards the mystery machine. Ha! Chocolate pudding bastard, here we come. I'll drive. Shotgun! Darn it, I was going to say that. Why don't we all just ride the front seat? Fred, Daphne, and Velma jump into the mystery machine. Scooby and Shaggy trot toward the van after them. Scooby looks up at his beatnik pal. Raggy. There's no rocklet rooting Ronster. Like, no, Scooby, there isn't. But they all look, like, sad. After all, it's better than chasing nothing with your friends than to chase something with no one at all. Scooby smiles. He bounds towards the mystery machine. Ruby dooby doo Scooby and Shaggy hop into the van. They close the door. Ha <laughs> ha! Do that again, Scoob! Ruby dooby doo I'm gonna start doing that. Fred! <laughs> Fred, Fred, don't do that. Fred Jones! It's his thing. Why do you have to steal everyone else's thing? Sorry, sorry. The mystery machine hits the road. Fade out. The end. What a masterpiece. What an absolute masterpiece. What an absolute masterclass in screenwriting this was. (laughs) And it didn't take us forever to read it. It definitely didn't take twice the movie's length to read that script so late It was a little bit (laughs) under twice the length. Yeah, it could have been a little longer, I think, honestly. There was a line in there where James Gunn described a giant shrunken head, and that's just a head. (laughs) (laughs) And it ruined the rest of the... I've been thinking about that forever. I, I was distracted by how many times he used the word revelry in the first, because I'm like, that's not an easy word to say, one, and two, you just used it twice in one sentence, stupid idiot. I don't know if you noticed in this, but this wasn't a kid's film. Yeah, this had swearing in it. Yeah. What? This wasn't written as, sorry, and what they tried. jokes. Yeah. It seems like they tried to do like a teen, like this would have been like a PG-13 film. Yeah. yeah. Also, though, if you guys didn't know this, the original cut of... James Gunn's, well, it's Raja Gosnell's film. He directed it, but everybody knows James Gunn wrote it. The The movie that they made when they sent it to the MPAA got an R rating and they had to like CGI out some cleavage and take out a bunch of swearing and stuff. Wow. Really? Like they literally like CGI'd out boob to be like, Velma's now it's a kid's movie. were too much. Yeah. And oh, honestly, yeah. Where, well, where is it? Where's the R rated cut? I want to yeah, see that I would shit. love to see that cut. So, Reed and Ian want to get off to bed. It's very late here. Thank you guys yes. That's so much fair. for joining Anytime. us. Thank you. Also, great job to everybody for, for reading for three hours, especially me. I just want to pat myself yeah. on the back because <laughs> yeah. that was right. kind of hard. Yeah. You don't you good. I'd like to give a special thank you to everyone but Mia because <laughs> you worked very hard, everyone who's well, not that's Mia. That's nice and even. That's and cool. thank yeah. you to all of us. Yeah, yeah. we did good. Thank you, us. You're welcome. <laughs> a big thanks again to all of my actors on this episode, Jackson Bailey, Joel Dusher, Zoe Boata, Cass Page, Joel Zamet, Reed Ashley, and Ian Schrank. And thank you to everybody out there for listening to Cynical Cartoons for another week. I'm on Twitter, at StopTwinningMia. And, as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. And I'm here if you need to talk. You know I ain't your average young dude. You know I can't go wherever, whenever I want to. So if I could stop illusion, mystery and confusion. Frequent flyer miles in St. Louis to use it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.